welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. Today we're wrapping up our discussion of Catherine. I'm your host Marcus, and joining me today, as always, are the homies. First off, we have Dante. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Next, we have Trevor. I shouldn't have finished this game. Should not. Uh, I should have just stopped where we where we left <laughs> off last time. It would have been a happier ending. <laughs> and last but not least, uh, returning from Evo, uh, Evo champion, uh, we have Greg. <laughs> What's going on, people? <laughs> um, well, I think I want to kick it to Greg first, just because he was not here on the last episode. And um, what do you think uh, about the story, at least that first part of the first five chapters? So, like, the, you, actually, what do you think about Vincent and Catherine, the Catherines? Um, so, I started out, I guess at the beginning of the game, I kind of liked Vincent. And, you know, as you start making decisions, or he starts making decisions, um, based on the actions uh, that go on, I just kind of start liking him less and less. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> And it's mostly just because, and maybe it's just a personal thing with me, I just, I hate seeing people just make terrible decisions, and you just like, the obvious thing is here, why don't you just do it? Why don't you just stop trying to pursue this? And, and it's like he has multiple times of just being like, you could just get this out the way now, and just say this, but he's just kind of like, nah, I'm just going to figure out a way to lie around this. So, it, it just made me just kind of like, cringe a little bit, like, oh my god. Um, but yeah, I I think up until the point that, you know, that we're at from at the end of the first show, I definitely don't really, uh, I really don't like him that much. Okay. And I, I, I'm asking the questions out of order. Uh, you have played Catherine before, right? You were the only one with any Catherine exposure. Yeah. How do you remember how far you got? Oh man, he was, was having the dreams before we played this game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that exposure. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was—I think I got up to like it was either day three or day four or something like that. The, the oh, so we we got further in that first part, and then you yeah, had played. Yeah, yeah. Okay, do you remember why you stopped playing? Um, so definitely, there's a difficulty, or maybe this could just be me sucking at video games again. But I feel like there's definitely a difficulty spike in the game, and then I, I want to say. That was one of the things that just kind of made me bounce off it, and with kind of, that in combination of there's just probably something else I was playing at the time, and um, you know, just kind of didn't really go back to it. But I definitely feel like there's a difficulty spike in this game. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those like I forget what the curve is called exactly, but like it starts out pretty low, it, it hits a peak, and then in my opinion, it goes kind of back down. Did anybody else feel that? In the later chapters? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it necessarily got too difficult. I, I can think of I like, never said it got too difficult. Like, I think it was more frustrating than difficult. Like, Ninja Gaiden Black, some of the bosses were difficult. But this game, I think, was more frustrating than difficult. All right, well, I'm going to have to do the opposite of that. <laughs> I think Ninja Gaiden was frustrating and and difficult, and I think this game was, like, it was a puzzle game. It made you stop and think, you know? 
and, and I think that's to me that's where some of the frustrating levels were where you actually had to stop and think because like when I'm playing this game I'm thinking you're supposed to be moving at all times because there's blocks falling from underneath you but then there were certain levels that you get to where you start you kinda, off yeah <laughs> yeah like and I think I think for me it wasn't necessarily like it was like situations that were difficult but it was like specific levels that had a difficult section so like especially in this uh second half that we're about to talk about there are a couple of levels i want to say two or three where it was like this specific situation uh is difficult because you don't have as much time uh since you start off at the hard part versus if you were to work your way up to it you'd have a lot more of a time to experiment and figure things out and i think that's one of my biggest gripes with the game is in those areas like especially some of the boss battles it's just kind of like you you're trying to figure figure out okay so i need i know i need to get up here but i need to try and think this out logically but then at the same time you kind of well at least i was i was kind of panicking thinking like oh man i see that i'm starting to run out of time but i'm trying to think this or it's kind of like the uh the thing of you make one bad decision and then it just snowballs because you try and go back and then you're trying to figure it out. Okay, well, I went back these steps or sometimes I would go back too many steps and then I'm trying to say, okay, well, how did I do this again? Um, so you waste too much time, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really weird give and tell where you can get to a certain point in a lot of the puzzles, but if you start with the bad foundation you know what, this all might be a metaphor for relationships. If you start with a bad foundation, you Bars. might not be able to reach the climax, <laughs> if you get what I'm saying. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty weird because I do think there are some situations where it's just like you can kind of hang yourself. Because like at any point, you can go backwards and undo something. And there are actually some gimmicks you can do with the undo specifically in the boss sequences with some of their attacks that you can kind of wipe off some things off the so you don't have to deal with them but um i think it i didn't really have as much difficulty with the bosses as it was like specific puzzles um and just kind of tying it back to what dante was saying i i overall i think that the game kind of ramps up in difficulty around chapter six and then like six I, and seven, yeah. Yeah, and I don't really think seven was that difficult. Like, I think there was four stages, and I believe only one stand out. And really, I want to say the same in chapter six, at least for me. Only one of them stands out as being difficult, and the rest were pretty, like, as long as, like, you paid attention to the techniques, something that Trevor alluded to in the last episode, I feel like uh, you would do all right. Um, one more question so- for you, Greg. Uh, is this your first, or uh, how many Atlas games have you played? That was something that we were all talking um, about. I'd have to look at the, I guess, like, their full release list, but I had played, so, um, I got pretty far into Persona 3, I beat Persona 4, and I played the, I guess if this counts, I played the Persona fighting games. Yeah, those, yeah. And then, I got pretty far into Persona 5, but didn't finish it, but. But yeah, I've, I've had experience with their other games. Okay, cool. So what you're saying is um, this game met your expectations? 
Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, it's it's an Atlas-ass game, pretty much. <laughs> it's Super Atlas. Yeah. All that style. One quick go-back. So, um, we were talking about the difficulty and just how the puzzles work and essentially how you... You don't rely on Undo, but it's a very helpful feature. So, in the original Japanese release of this game, on normal, they did not have Undo. Do you think you would have finished this game? without undo nope yes there's no chance <laughs> yes i they actually would have had to have more checkpoints which i think if you put it on easy they increase the amount of checkpoints but um i yeah. actually i don't know man like i think you guys are not giving yourself enough credit just because like i hardly used undo like most of my undos were like going back to moves or a move, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to, you know, like, I, I watched some people play this game, and they, like, go back five or six or seven moves or something like that, and I I don't think I undoed more than, like, 50 times in this game, and I think uh, I could have played this game without undoing. It's just, it, you would just have to be a little bit more methodical, but it is very doable, especially on normal, on your first playthrough. I think it's very doable. Ugh. No, I I know I used undo more than a hundred a hundred times on like specific puzzles. I don't know. I I think also too like and this is going to be me sounding like a baby gamer or whatever. But the more I got into this game, the more I realized like the part that you're playing isn't the part of the game that is. I don't want to say entertaining, but that like is not the content that you're there for. You're there for the story. So, I'm not going to lie, there's one specific puzzle that I was like, I'm not going to waste my time trying to figure this out. Let me just see how I get past this particular part, and then I will just play the rest of the level out. And so, I I think I did that on the one where you start off with the diagonal. It's going to sound really stupid to the listeners, and you guys may not know what I'm talking about, but it's the, the level where you're like... The columns you start off and they're in like a diagonal shape and they're they're stacked really tall and you gotta like pull and push and the really short one the really short level like the level that takes like ninety seconds. Yep. I was just like I don't want to waste my time trying to figure this one out because it's gonna take me a long ass time to figure it out. I'm here for the story, so let me go ahead and just see what the solution is. Like I tried to do it maybe like three or four times and I was like I'm nowhere near where I need to be with this. So I, I already knew like. It, it was going to take me too long, so I just went ahead and looked at the solution for that particular section. Does anyone think that this game need or could have used like an in-game like hint system or anything like that at all? Or that would have been nicer, like maybe just having suggested techniques for a level or something like that. Yeah, I think it just goes back to what we said in the first episode, or if you could just re-pull up or have some way to access the techniques you've previously learned, so you could, like, just brush up on them. Like, not even if you could just act them out, but if you could just watch them do it, then I think that would have been beneficial, because uh, there are a couple of sequences, especially in the, uh, like, this back half, where I feel like, um, like, Chapter 8, I think in particular, it's, like, really, like, two or three techniques that I use for the majority of that level, and th- those did me just fine. And it would have been cool to have been able to pull up and see, like, okay, what are these other things that I could have done? 
or I, I don't know, not that it would have like made my experience any better, but it just would have been nice to be able to see what you've learned so far and like kind of try to mimic it and actually learn it. I think that was one of the issues I had with techniques is just kind of, I feel like you look at it and they explain it, but it's like, I couldn't put two and two together as far as that, right? Like some things made sense. Watching is different than doing. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Like I'll see it. And some things were easy enough that I was like, Oh, that makes sense. And then there are some like kind of, I guess at least they look kind of obtuse to me. Like just trying to think about this, like, well, hold up. Well, how would you even, or maybe that you see it and you're like, Oh, that makes sense. And then it's like, within the context of you actually being in a puzzle and having, you know, trying to race against time. It's like, okay, I can't, I'm not going to be able to think about this in this moment and see this. I'm like, oh yeah, this is a, I could do this here. Or I could do the spider in this situation or whatever. I think so it's, it, go, ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, admittedly, one of the things I do for most games is like, if I feel like the game's going to be challenging, I normally like, first thing I'll do is go into Google and be like tips and tricks or whatever, or just like, get some fundamentals just to make sure I know the mechanics well. Mm-hmm. And, like, everybody was saying, yo, you definitely need this Inazuma technique. And I watched it, and I kept watching it. I'm like, this looks so good. Bruh. But then when I tried to actually, like, apply it, it was just like, oh, my God, what am I doing? And it just – I felt like a toddler trying to stack up blocks and just watching <laughs> them constantly just tumble. And I think I ended up watching that video for about ten minutes straight before I actually, like – got it down packed. <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of a testament to this game in a, in a sense almost similarly to Ninja Gaiden where Ninja Gaiden you can go through yes, I'm comparing the two games Ninja Gaiden you can kind of go through do your do your thing and you can kind of get through combat like however you may choose and I feel like this game throws so many techniques at you that like some of the techniques that they threw at you were like you, like, bomb an entire area and all the blocks go away, or, like, like I, I don't think I ever did that, but there has to be somebody that, like, that's how they played, you know? Once they figured out that technique and they, that was how they played, and I think that's kind of cool, because I, I think I was pretty solid uh, for the on the first couple of techniques, and I think I really used those as my building blocks, and I like, ha, no pun intended, but I kind of used that as my basis, and when I saw techniques that I thought, oh, this would be really useful or, like, what I do now, I don't, like, um, that would be beneficial to how I play now, then I would try to implement that technique. But there are definitely a lot of techniques that it was just, like, I see that, and I see how that would be useful, but I already do this other thing that achieves that same goal, so I don't need to learn that. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. I... I will admit, like, the the coolest slash weirdest thing about this game, and I haven't had it for a lot of the games we've played so far, but I, I was constantly thinking about the puzzles in this game. Like, in, in like, real life, I was like, man, I want to be, like, thinking about playing Catherine and just doing the puzzle sequences, and I haven't had that for a game we've played where it was like that was constantly on my mind. Not to the extent that this game was, which I, I don't know if that's, like, uh, good or bad um, that you guys didn't experience that. But I was constantly thinking, like, I want to be playing some Catherine puzzles right now. Like, even now, like, I haven't played this game in a week. And, like, all this past week, I was like, 
should I just boot up Catherine just to play some of these puzzles? Because I, I wanted to skip all the story stuff and just play the game. Well, after I finish, I really wanted to try the Tower of Babel. It's not the same. It's not the same, though. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Rapunzel. Like No, 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 no. There's like a challenge mode called Tower of Babel. Yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to play more Catherine, but I didn't want to do, uh, like, play the actual game. I just wanted to do the puzzles, which is like a weird sensation. That's not something that I've ever experienced with the game. Where it's like, let me just get this part of the game. I don't want the other stuff, you know? Oh yeah, and going back and listening to the show, I didn't, I didn't check out any of Catherine that was at Evo. It was there and it was on stage, but I didn't watch any of it. But I just realized they had finally got around to posting all the the tournament footage on YouTube. So it's up there if you guys. I want to check it out. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that I, I'm really interested in seeing what competitive Catherine looks like. Well, um, I guess let's let's dig into this story. So, um. I think where we left off, uh, Vincent had got a call. Uh, this is the end of chapter five. So Vincent wakes up in his empty room. He gets a call from a mysterious guy named Steve who claims it's Catherine's boyfriend. And uh, Vincent like kind of panics and he hangs up. But Steve calls him back and threatens to kill Vincent. And Vincent's just kind of like, I'm going to break it off with her, I promise. And Steve's like, well, yeah, you better. And like they kind of hang up. And that kind of wigs out um, Vincent. And I think what we left was like, I play, every game we play, I play with subtitles on. So the entire time, um, whenever they mentioned Catherine in the situation, they spelled it with the C, like New Catherine. And um, I got a little bit further into the game when we started the first, or when we recorded that episode. And so I saw a little bit um into that and i was like maybe it's not actually the catherine we think is playing maybe the game is trying to throw us off the scent or whatever and uh i i didn't know any more than dante or trevor but that was just something that i was throwing out there um at this point how how are you feeling about uh the situation greg how do how do you feel about uh this phone call that Vincent got from Steve and what, what's going on in your mind as far as uh, him actually doing this, breaking it off with new Catherine. Um, so I was hoping that this was going to make him be like, all right, well, obviously this, you know, Catherine with a C, you know, she's got uh, too much going on. You know, this is a good, good point for me to break things off. And then it didn't like occur to me that, this could potentially be his act, you know, his girlfriend, uh, you know, having somebody on the side. And I started thinking about that, like, huh, like, this is a little weird if this is actually the case, but uh, like, I really was hoping this was going to be kind of like, all right, well, this is going to cause me to set things straight. And then, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll try and see where this goes from here, but it doesn't seem to turn out that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys got anything to add, uh, Trevor or Dante? No, I'm I'm still feeling the same way as last time, where it's just like, man. Well, actually, no, I guess there's a change because before Vincent was kind of like on the on the outside looking into his life, watching all these these things happen around him. 
but now it's like he's he's trying to take responsibility for it. He's feeling a little bit of the guilt, even if it might be too late. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> I mean, he's he's already kind of not he's... necessarily at this point. He hasn't figured out what's going on in these nightmares. He's too but, far gone. He's but, too far gone. But he he thinks it's related at this point. Gotcha. Well, um, so the next, so this is chapter six now. So this is uh, where where we are picking up. So the next day, Vince, or later that day, sorry, Vincent meets up with new Catherine at the bar, and he asks her about Steve, but she claims that she doesn't know anybody named Steve, and maybe it's a mistaken identity, or maybe it's a different Catherine he knows, which basically throws Vincent into a loop because he's thinking like. Maybe that's when when she says maybe it's a different Catherine. His mind, rightfully so, automatically goes to old Catherine. He's like, has she been cheating on me this entire time? And like, he basically completely chickens out of breaking up with old uh, with new Catherine, and he just is fixated on the idea that new uh, old Catherine is cheating on him. And um, uh, new Catherine leaves. Uh, Vincent kind of tells her, "Yeah, you can't come over." Um, I need to, uh, I haven't been sleeping well. Like the excuse that he's been giving everybody, I haven't been sleeping well, so don't come over tonight. Uh, then, you know, his friends show up, Johnny, Toby, and, uh, Orlando. And that entire conversation, like the, the subject matter that they're just talking about old Catherine potentially being a cheater. And, uh, Erica kind of like basically says that, uh, what you are actually doing is no different than what you think that Catherine, old Catherine is doing. Uh, but he goes, he's like, goes and does a full on hypocritical statement by saying he couldn't take it if old Catherine was unfaithful to him, which is ridiculous, uh, because he's doing that to her. And, um, Johnny and uh, Erica basically change the topic and start talking about the nightmares that have been all over the news. And that's a lot of what the bar patrons have been talking about. And Vincent basically ends up going home and drinking some more as he's, he, he gets to do this when he gets like in his drunk states where he's kind of replaying conversations that he had that day in his mind. So he's replaying his uh, conversation that he had with new Catherine and basically her denying uh, knowing a Steve and then also his conversations that he had with his boys about old Catherine potentially being unfaithful to him. And he basically passes out in his in his bedroom or apartment. Uh, and I think that nightmare sequence uh, that day, it introduces a couple of new mechanics. So it introduces um, bomb blocks, which is uh, like blocks that basically once you stand on them, a fuse starts going. And they damage blocks. Uh, once it explodes, it damages blocks around it. Um, and they have two different versions of those that explode bigger or smaller. Um, I think this is the first chapter that, like, you use. Like, it has every single bo- or block type up to this point. So you have the crumple blocks, you have the ice blocks, you have the heavy blocks, these bomb blocks, the spring blocks, the trap blocks. It has all of them. So that this was a really I think chapter six was really fun and entertaining because it was so varied compared to the other chapters where they were more themed, where it was like, okay, we're just introducing this block. So that's all you're going to see. This one was kind of like, okay, 
you've mastered all those individually. Now see how they interact and how these puzzles with all the blocks are. Did did you guys catch on to that, or did you guys like that about it, uh, Dante? Did you like that? So chapter six is probably not the best chapter to ask me about. <laughs> I, this is a chapter where you were raging. I right? hit my wall. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to drop the difficulty for a second. I was like, man, how do I become a sheepdog? I see what you did there. Ninja sheep. Ninja sheep, yes. And I, you get this in a later chapter where they, like, really culminate all of the blocks and techniques you've learned up to that point. But chapter six, I don't really remember there being that many ice blocks in chapter six, to be honest. It was just the mere presence of them, because up until this point, there was only ice blocks in the chapter that introduced ice blocks, I believe. Yeah, I guess that's fair, but... Oh, man, chapter six, dude. That... Oh. Did you... Six... Oh. Did you guys have the difficulty that Dante had um, with chapter six, if you guys remember? You guys have... Yeah, I definitely was having issues there. Do you remember like what it was, or like it was there a specific chapter? Because I, I there was a specific chapter for or section for me, I should say. I can't remember uh, what part of it, but I definitely remember it. I was having like, issues there. In specific, besides for me going from forty pillows to five Jeez. in the course of one stage, <laughs> um, pillows being retries. Yes, it was mostly like. There'd be the occasional section where you had these new blocks, and I assumed that I needed to utilize the new blocks, the crumple blocks, or not the crumple blocks, but the explosive blocks. Yeah. But they would lead you into situations where you wouldn't be able to climb anymore, essentially. So for the longest time, I was like, the solution has to be to use these blocks when the actual solution for me was most of the time to avoid using the Yep. And I, okay, so that, there there you go. Because I was like, why is he having such difficulty? And I think that's the reason why. Because the first two parts, because I, I, I think I, you messaged Because they have us. a lot of sections where, okay, so this is just a generic thing, but let's say you had five columns in total. The first two columns have solid blocks. There's a gap in between them. And then the next two columns have solid blocks. And you try to climb up one side, but then you'd realize at some point, oh, I need to actually get over to the other if I want to actually get to the next checkpoint or get to the next, like, big footing area or whatever. And because the way the um, explosive blocks work, your tower can become lopsided. And since you can only see a certain number of blocks high, you can't really anticipate that without, like... I don't know, getting up there and then realizing, oh, there's no more stuff for me to climb on this side. Yeah. And I don't have a good way to go over to the other side at this point. Undo, 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 <laughs> undo. I am out of undos. I gotcha. Yeah, so for me, on this level and most of the levels, like whenever there was bomb blocks or even crumble blocks, those I specifically tried to avoid. So I guess yeah. the, the, the situation or the difference between how me and you played is when I saw that, I didn't think like, oh, I need to implement that, which, it, to be fair... Up to I saw the techniques, man. I saw yeah, the techniques. Yeah, they exactly. were doing such cool stuff with the techniques. And, and really, like up to that point, every other chapter we've played, you've had to use or interact with the new blocks. So it, it makes sense why you assume that, hey, like 
these techniques are showing how to use these bomb blocks, and this is the you know the chapter that they introduce bomb blocks. Therefore, I need to use bomb blocks. And I, on the other hand, was like, that's gonna like ruin my whole like thing I got going on. So I'm gonna do my best to try to avoid using these. So because I remember, I think you were the first one to get to chapter six and complete it, and you were warning us. Uh, I think this was even before we recorded the uh, first part. You were telling us, correct, like. Yo, I'm thinking about dropping down the difficulty, and I'm like, wait, what? Like, what's going on? And you told us like this thing took me forever, and I lost so many lives. It took me so long, and I remember getting to chapter six, and I was like, okay, I'm about to start chapter six. Okay, six one, it only took me about ten minutes. Okay, six two, it only took me like fifteen minutes. When does it get hard? And then for me, it was hard at uh, six three. I don't even remember like what specifically about it, but that one. It's the start. Okay, that one took just me... figuring out how to get up off that initial thing. In yeah, three that took me about almost an hour to do. So that was the level for me where it was like, oh, okay, now I see what he's talking about. Um, but you see, I hadn't even gotten to six three at that point. <laughs> six three was like when things started to level out. For me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, this only took me thirty minutes to get past. This is nothing. Yeah, so. I, but yeah, hearing you explain why you had issues, that makes sense now because we were just playing differently. Um, and some of the other things, so beyond using all the bomb to- or block types up to this point and introducing those bomb blocks, um, at the next landing, you meet a sheep that has a very uncanny resemblance to Orlando, your buddy with the hat, the bucket hat. So now uh, Orlando is also having these nightmares. Uh, obviously. Well, not obviously. He doesn't recognize who you are, and you don't outwardly call him by his name, but you're like, his voice is familiar from somewhere. And so uh, he actually mentions that he has not cheated or lived the cheating lifestyle, but somehow he ended up in the nightmares too, which there are some loose ends that I don't think this game does a good job of tying up, or maybe I just didn't see it. So I'm not really sure, like, if that is the case, how is he there? And I don't think they do. And I have a theory. It, it does. Okay. It, it You'll have to tell me then. You'll have to tell me then. Okay. And then the last thing that's introduced on this uh, chapter is enemy ants, which are, um, I think this is the first time that they introduce something that you don't really interact with as Vincent. So I, I, I want to say the chapter before or the day before there was an ant in your bedroom. But Vincent doesn't see it, but you as the player see it in the cutscene. And it it was really weird to see this thing pop up uh, prematurely, I will say. And we'll we'll go into that here in a bit. But, um, yeah, uh, Chapter 6 was... It was a doozy. And uh, it culminated with the child... the, the, The fifth boss, the child with the chainsaw. And it is basically the same boss as the ch- it's the child boss from before, uh, with disturbing modifications, mainly being a chainsaw for an arm, a pincer for the other arm, and a Gatling gun in its mouth. So I know Trevor said the baby was super uh, um, uncomfortable, un- unseating for him. So I, w- I wanted to ask, like, how did you feel about the the baby with the chainsaw? <laughs> was it better? It it wasn't that bad this time. Oh, okay. Like it, was... it didn't it didn't yell daddy daddy you know, the entire time. So okay. that didn't make it that made it, you know, less um more bearable. Un- unnerving, yeah. Gotcha. Um but I I didn't have too much trouble with the 
with these levels, I guess. Like, I don't know what it is, but the hardest levels that I had encountered up to this part were still Chapter 5 with the ice levels. Man, the ice levels were so fun for me. I love those. Like, even with these bomb blocks, I was playing the way you were, where basically you were avoiding, um, you know, stepping on them and activating them. And, which is pretty much what I learned to do when, when we were playing on the levels with the ice blocks. Like, you just learn to avoid certain blocks, how to how to spider around stuff. Yeah. Um, like... Some of us learned it. <laughs> yeah, throwing out those techniques. <laughs> I didn't know you... You didn't just spider around the block. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think the only difference was, like, even with the the ice blocks, you could grab another block and pull your way across them without sliding. Whereas with these blocks... You just kind of had to avoid them at all costs. Mm-hmm. And I think I mostly did that out of instinct that I thought they would kill you if you stood on them too long or something, or if you stood too close to them. Like, did Yeah, do, I thought that too. Did it? Did anybody... Originally, I thought that. Oh, so it, it doesn't do it at all? No, you don't die if you stand on it when it okay. explodes. Well, that's that was my thinking when, when I started these levels. So I just avoided them altogether. Anytime I accidentally even activated one, I would just try to push it all the way off to the <laughs> side or off the ledge so that way I wouldn't have to deal with crumple blocks. Because, like I said, like, bomb blocks were number one, my least favorite, or, you know, like, the at this up to this point, the, the worst type of block. And then right behind that is the crumple block. So it, the bomb blocks cause crumple blocks. So I was like, I don't want to deal with any of this. It's funny because it actually teaches you that technique after you get through these levels. Yeah, and that's something that I noticed even in the first part, too, where it was like, well, it would have been nice if you would have shown me this, like, two sequences sooner, because I just completed the part where this would have been useful. Yeah. Wait, which technique? Like, like to push an activated bomb block off the edge. Oh, yeah. Well, it it looks like a good technique. It's another one of those where, oh, man, that seems like it'd be useful. Then you try to implement it, and it's like, oh, well, this completely messes up everything. Messes or up even everything the, for you. <laughs> don't isn't it like they have to tell you after you start doing some of the bomb stages that you can put the brown block over it and then it doesn't uh it causes the explosion to not affect the other block. Yeah, that's later too. And it's like yeah. I mean either you figure that out in the in the uh normal pace of playing or like that's completely new to you. There's like no in between. <laughs> Either you already figured it up and they're giving you old news or it's like, wow, this would have been beneficial to know, like, you know, the last level. I think the other thing, too, is you can go back and replay levels. So that may be something that people find beneficial. They may want to go back and replay a level to get a higher score. And so with those techniques, you know, that gives them the opportunity to do it. Nerds. Um. And uh, yeah, so and just going back to Child with Chainsaw, pretty straightforward attacks. Vincent's close, chainsaw stabs, uh, fires a Gatling gun at range and causes blocks to fall from the sky that crush Vincent. And then it also does like these releases these buzz saws which travel vertically and horizontally around the tower. And those were the things that killed me the most because uh, there was a lot of spring or uh, the spring blocks. And I would accidentally spring into a chainsaw that was higher up on the tower. And so I died a couple times to that. I completely forgot about those. Yeah, those were the worst parts <laughs> of this level. Yeah. 
Um, and then the only other thing it did was, uh, I think it cut, like, once you get, like, a spe- to a specific length, or I think distance, so I think it's once you get a third through the tower, it cuts off a third of the tower, and then it does it again, uh, I think it's, like, the right third of the tower gets cut when you get a third of the way up, and then once you get near the end, it does it again, a third of what's remaining. So it's basically making the tower smaller, um... Which was kind of nifty, but I don't think ultimately, like, I think it was mostly for visual effect to kind of, like, make use of the chainsaw because I don't really think it, gameplay-wise, it was, like, that noticeable. At least it didn't seem that noticeable to me. But, um, did you guys, did you guys have any issues with the boss, I guess, besides the chainsaw attack? The, the, the chainsaw blades, I guess? Not really, like, for me, I feel like the bosses were the easiest part of this game. Uh, I don't know about easiest, but it, it yeah, I, I it, it was a change of pace because it wasn't like you were stuck on the puzzle part. It was just kind of like a race to the end, right? I don't know. I feel like you have more freedom during the boss fights for the most part. There's one boss fight where that's not the case, but pretty much the more tools you give me, I feel like the better I do. And most of the boss fights felt like they gave you a lot of tools to um, make progress. Yeah, that's fair. That's, yeah. Um, well, uh, after you uh, defeat or you get to the end of the chapter and wake back up, uh, Vincent wakes up with ants all over his body. And there is a huge trail leading from his open window to the gift that old Catherine had left him. Uh, new Catherine's also wakes up screaming because she also has ants crawling over her, which is, like, Vincent gets super annoyed when he sees her there. And uh, she opens up the window, crumples up the ant-covered blanket, and throws it out the window. And then she asks who brought Vincent the gift, which is a cake. And he doesn't want to tell her that old Catherine brought it because um, he doesn't, They she still doesn't know about her. Um, so he's like, oh, I have a sweet tooth, and, um, yeah, that, that's why it's here, and that's why it's bringing all these ants. And, uh, he, then he asked her, how'd you, how'd you get in here? And then she's like, well, you don't remember texting me last night, asked me to come over because you were feeling better? And obviously he doesn't, and then, uh, he's kind of just thinking to himself, and you can kind of see her in the background just trying to get his attention, and she basically kind of says out loud, like, um... You're gonna. There's this movie I want to see, uh, and this is the last week it's going to be showing, and I really want to see it. And basically begs him to take her to a horror movie, and he kind of just to appease her. He kind of tells her, he's like, "I'll just I'll take you tomorrow. I'll take you tomorrow." And then she gets super excited uh, about their, and she says it this way: their first official date together, like in public. So she's really. Uh, She's really into it, and I'm, I'm interested. How, how do you guys feel about Catherine basically setting Vincent up to go on this date? I'm like, this man's wild. Right? <laughs> like, you, you, you already, like, this deep in, you're like, oh, you know what? Let me go out in public with... Uh, uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, as far as Catherine goes, she's going to Catherine. That. That's what she does. Yeah, definitely yeah, with so. her. But it's like, Steve, what you doing? What are you doing? Or Steve, <laughs> Vincent, what are you doing? Man, that dude's a lost cause. He's been <laughs> lost cause since chapter two. <laughs> I mean, you're not lying. You're not lying. Um, 
And I just thought it was funny where he just goes from basically like, I'm going to break up to her to like literally later or like within 24 hours, we're going to go on our first official date together. Um, uh, so later in the day, uh, Vincent meets up with old Catherine and immediately like, they're, you know, they're having lunch together and he immediately is like, so, um, do you know a guy named Steve? And it's really like hypocritical of him, obviously it's super hypocritical. Um, but she, she basically is like, I don't know a Steve, um, which kind of puts Vincent on tilt because he's like, exactly. I knew you. And he's like, wait, what? You don't know a Steve? And you can tell, like, she's really, like, taking the time to think about it. But she's like, oh, well, actually, I do know a Steve. Uh, my friend just had a baby, uh, so he's two months old. And so that's the Steve that she knows. And Vincent is, like, noticeably bothered because he's like, okay, she's not lying. So that means new Catherine is lying or what's going on. And uh, she basically asks him, questions him, like, why did you, why are you so bothered that I don't know a Steve? And he kind of gets visibly shaken that she's questioning him. So he just, and in his Vincent ways, he just makes up a lie about some coworker named Steve claiming to know her. And um, that kind of ends that. But she kind of says like, you've been very weird lately. Is there something you want to tell me? And then he kind of makes up the, it's another um, classic uh, Vincent lie. He's like, oh, I've just been really stressed out with work and haven't been sleeping well. And I guess that part's true, but um, she uh, she kind of then reveals that she's been getting weird texts lately, but kind of reassures Vincent they are unimportant, even though he's like really like, no, what have they been saying? What have they been saying? But she, um, she doesn't tell him anything. And then she flips the script on him and asks like, are you hiding anything? Like, I haven't seen you for a while. You know, you're always acting weird. What's going on with you? And he kind of just brushes it off easily. And they, uh, their conversation ends. And then, uh, so then I guess he's back at, he's back at work and the classic, you know, meeting up with Orlando and, uh, I'm sorry, the classic just, uh, when I say he's at work, he's in the bathroom at his job, which he's always at the bathroom at his job. And he calls Steve back and tells him nobody know who he is. So um, you're going to have to explain what's going on. And then he, he asks him, like, so what is this Catherine that you're referring to? What does she look like? And then it kind of pans forward or flashes forward after Steve has described this girl that you, the player, don't get to hear about. And then he's just like, oh, well, that's good. The Catherine I know she's not the Catherine you're talking about. The Catherine I know is white, which was a hilarious line. <laughs> I don't, did you guys? Did you... <laughs> yeah, no, I remember that one. It was, kind, it was of kind of Ace Attorney-esque in how he said, he's like, Catherine I know is white. Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny for no reason. I was like, okay, I, I see you, Steve. You got a little bit of a, uh, a thing going. Okay. Um... But uh, Steve is pretty, he's pretty upset because he's like, no, 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 we're talking about the same girl because my Catherine described you in great detail. And he's like panicking more and like kind of talking to himself, trying to figure it out. And he mentions that he's already divorcing his wife and leaving her for this Catherine. And Vincent's like, nah, bro, we're not talking about the same person. And that's not my problem. And basically like hangs up on him. And so we're left with, who is this Catherine that Steve is referring to and uh, what's going on? So 
do you guys have any theories for at this point did you have any idea of like what's going on so I was making up a theory that there was multiple Catherines and like this is all some part of like the dream or at least that's what I was thinking um but that was the direction I was going. I don't know if anybody else was having like kind of a similar thing. Yeah, that's the same thought I had. There were multiple Catherines, or Catherine could somehow change forms. Well, I was going to say, I don't know if this is what I was thinking then, but what I'm thinking now, um, it's almost like the sheep where everybody is a different projection in their mind during the dream. And maybe Catherine's kind of the same way, like people see her differently depending on who you are their true minds desire yeah i guess whatever their preferences are right mine's white (laughs) (laughs) i need you to know (laughs) yeah i'm kind of was along along the same lines as dante thinking like oh like i didn't think there was another catherine i just think that maybe one of these catherines is like has some type of ability to like alter her form or something and like appear as something else to somebody else. So that's what I was thinking. Um, Then we got chapter 7. So, just uh, back at the bar, like he's always meeting up with his buddies, and he kind of updates everybody on the Steve situation while feeling pretty relieved that, oh, well, we're not talking about the same person. And um, Erica showing up, and she's always talking about the nightmares, and uh, she basically reveals that all the victims have been cheaters and say they're probably cursed, which kind of wigs out Vincent because he's like, there's no way I'm cursed or blah, 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 because he's the only one, you know, dealing with these nightmares. <clears throat> and she leaves, and then Johnny and Orlando reveal that they've been having funny dreams as well. So uh, they can't remember them, but it's very similar to, like, what Vincent was saying earlier in the game. So it kind of shows us that, oh, like, these guys are cheaters as well. Um, and then, uh, Vincent, he, he basically starts to realize here that he can't portray old Catherine, so he's going to break up with new Catherine the next day and come clean and propose to Catherine, uh, old Catherine, which is, like, an insane plan, and, like, I'm just curious what you guys think is going through his mind to be like, not only am I going to reveal to my girlfriend that I'm cheating on her, but then I'm going to ask her to marry me. Like, what? Where did he do that at? Like, how does that even work out? Like, right? yeah. like how do you... Isn't that the absolute worst? <laughs> it's like, like, bro, what, what, like, not only is she going to be okay with you cheating, but then she's going to want to marry you right after. Yeah. Like, what? You might be a little delusional about that. But, but he could have played it like, um, like one of those scenes from the movies. Like, yeah, you know, being with her made me realize how much I wanted you. Because <laughs> that always works out. Yeah, yeah, that always works out. <laughs> yeah, those people aren't scumbags. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's really like, uh, like, uh, it's a reach. It's a reach. Um, and, um, so your friends dip and then, uh, new Catherine, she ends up coming out and, uh, to the bar and hanging out with you at the table. And she asks if you've ever cheated on anyone, which kind of throws you off and you don't answer. And she kind of says like, I cheated on somebody in the past once, but I've been faithful to you. And um, I'm wondering, do you guys think she knows about old Catherine or is she just testing him? Or wh- why do you think she asked him this? 
Especially after he's having these ideas in his head about breaking up with her. What? Do you think she knows something? You said, do you think new Catherine knows about old Catherine? Yeah, or do you think that she just knows that? It may not be she knows, like, it's a girl named Catherine, but just thinking, like, I can't be the only one in this guy's life. I think the way she really slipped into his life like that, she had to have done some research. That's what I'm thinking, too. It seemed like he was, like... Everything up to this point was, like... It seemed so calculated, you know? It's like she scoped him out. She's been spying on him or something. And I guess they don't have social media in this game. Mm. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Um, but, uh... Let me find my spot, sorry. <coughs> um... She basically says, like, oh, you've been pretty quiet. I'm the only one here talking. And Vincent kind of tells her he'll see her tomorrow because he hasn't been sleeping well lately and wants to sleep alone again. So he leaves the bar and immediately, as soon as he leaves the bar, he's in the nightmare sequence, which is uh, new. And uh, I think this sequence, uh, they introduce um, the red enemy sheeps, which are, like, more aggressive-looking uh scary looking sheep and these are like when you speak to them or when they talk they're more like zonked out I guess you could say so like I think what the game the way they describe them is like they're sheep that are basically um, people that lost their sanity and they no longer exist in real life they're just stuck in this nightmare sequence because they're talking really like out there stuff about eating and killing like a ton of sheep and things like that uh, you also run into a. Uh, you also run into a Johnny sheep, uh, basically a sheep that's always smoking in his little trench coat, just like Johnny is. So now, Orlando and Johnny are. It's it's come out that they. Uh, I mean, you you find out that day that they had been having strange dreams, but now you get to run into them in the on the landing, and um, the only other like noticeable difference or thing in this nightmare sequence is that Vincent because he is convinced that old Catherine is the Catherine for him, he is way more confident uh, towards not only the people he's talking to on the landing, but even when he goes into the confessional booth, he's just like, instead of being like, I, you know, like, what's going on? I, like, he, he knows what he's doing, and he has a plan that he's working towards, and it's kind of like a, a change of character for him. Where he's like, yeah, shut up, just ask me what you want to ask me so I can keep going. And so he's way more defiant uh, in this from this chapter moving forward because he's a man, quote-unquote, with a plan at this point. Um, did you guys did you guys notice that, that change of confidence in, in Vincent? Or do you think it... Did you, did you catch the correlation between him actually having a plan or like a purpose in his life and him getting more confident in his nightmares? Yeah, I I noticed it, and for me, it seemed out of character, simply because of the way I had been answering some of the questions and interacting with the other sheep, because I was trying to play this game full Renegade, and then, like, you, you basically do it throughout the game, like at each landing, where you're kind of instilling confidence in the other sheep to keep on climbing, and you're teaching them techniques, and it helps them build morale. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once it got to this point, it was kind of like 
Vincent didn't really have any other option but to be, you know, the the overly confident one. And I guess rightfully so, because you still have all the other sheep kind of kind of gassing him up. And, you know, he, he's pretty much the top sheep because um, of his climbing skills. And I guess it just all kind of goes to his head at this point. But like you said, he he has a, a purpose for doing this as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think at this point, too, on one of the landings, you find, I mean, I think it's a little bit into this chapter, but you learn that Johnny, he reveals that he's betrayed his best friend. And so now, like, the Johnny sheep saying, oh, I betrayed my best friend, I slept around with his woman behind his back. Uh, he doesn't want to steal the girl, but he admits that he loves her. So now you're like, okay, what's going on? And I'm thinking like, okay, who is his best friend? Is it Orlando? Is it Toby? Is it Vincent? Like, which girl is he referring to? And like, you talk to the Orlando sheep, but I don't think there is any correlation. Uh, Actually, there is a correlation to me because Orlando reveals that his woman left him. And then, uh, so she cheated on him. And later on, he reveals that the reason why one of the reasons she left was because his business failed but now in real life she wants to get back together with him and he's actually contemplating getting back together with her because i guess he sees that she will improve his life and his livelihood i guess <clears throat> and so like it made me start thinking like oh uh is johnny referring to orlando and do you guys have any i think i've placed or put together the actual situation but do you guys did you guys catch on to that or did you guys have any theory about what they're talking about what johnny's talking about who's his best friend and whose girl did he steal nobody trying to remember exactly which scene that was because i didn't i don't i don't think i caught that it was in the it was in the landing when you're in sheeps in the nightmare Okay. When you're talking to sheep, so oh, I definitely miss it then. Yeah, okay. Well, then no worries, no worries, because it, it it's just pure speculation right now. But I, I definitely I was like drawing the parallels. I was thinking, okay, Johnny was the reason why Orlando's marriage ended. Like that. That's what I was going with at this point. I was like, okay, that explains uh, why they're so cynical about love because they have this this love triangle, I guess you could say, with this one woman, and I assumed that she was the one that came in between them or whatever. That was my theory, anyways. Um, but yeah, well, we can talk about the Boston. Wait. Go ahead. Wait, who's the young kid at the table? Toby. Toby. Toby, Toby okay, okay. I was mixing up. <laughs> yeah, so Johnny is the one with the hat. Toby is the young kid that's dressed like a mechanic. And then... I'm, Wait, I'm no, sorry. Orlando's the one with the yeah, hat. Yeah, Orlando's the one with the hat. Johnny's the one that's always smoking that sits next to Toby that is wearing the trench coat and then Toby is the one with the beanie and the like the coveralls or overalls that looks like a mechanic. Gotcha. <clears throat> um well let's talk about the boss then the the sixth boss is the shadow of Vincent. And it's like a giant version of Vincent that's completely in shadow wearing a white mask with a twisted smile. And like Unlike all the other bosses in this game, it only attacks you once you reach a certain section of the tower. So it's not actively attacking you throughout the your ascent of the tower. 
So its its attacks are not even like when you're in a certain range. It's like, okay, once you get to this specific spot, it's going to do this attack. So one of the attacks is it gets to the back side of the tower and it smashes its face through the tower, taking out many of the blocks. And then I think um, the next... It's not even an attack, but it creates a, a strip of unmovable blocks in the center of the tower. And then um, the last is it... it the lights go out, and it's only light sources. The reflection off is gleaming mass, so you're kind of playing like in darkness. And it's it's kind of interesting because it's a different take. It, it, this boss is not actively attacking you; it's just trying to impede you from progressing and making it more difficult. Which I thought was like it was a nice change of pace. He attacks you with his words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, attacks you with his words. Um, did you guys? Uh, did you like that 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 change of pace with this boss, or did it? Did you even notice? No, I mean I, I definitely noticed it. <clears throat> I appreciate it just because, like I said, I, I think maybe I was the exception of of you know one of the people having kind of issues with some of the boss fights. But for sure, I felt like this was one of the uh, one of the easier ones at this point in the game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. See, I this was the one I kind of had issues with because I felt it was a little bit more linear than the rest of the bosses. What you mean? Just like, I don't remember the entirety of the stage, but at the very beginning, there's something very specific you have to do just to get up. And there's like a couple situations where I feel like there's like one real solution to it. I think it was like a bunch of the unmovable blocks, and they were kind of spaced in a way that you had to uh, do the uh, spider to get around in the very beginning and then once you got to a certain spot then you could actually like yeah you have to hit a trampoline yeah, to yeah. get up at some point yeah it was... and I don't think that's difficult but stuff like that's normally what I get stuck on in especially when it's in the very beginning so you have like the least amount of time to solve it yep yeah, yeah I can see that I think this group of levels is probably my favorite in the game this was like the most fun I had playing this game Simply because of the way I played it, I was kind of playing it like a time trial, I guess. And even with the boss, the fact that he doesn't actively attack you, it didn't bother me because I was still playing that way on the, you know, on the final stage. Gotcha. Wasn't for me. It was not for me. I I didn't dislike it. I liked the boss, but just this this was uh, when the game kind of what Dante was saying, how the game ramps up in difficulty, then it kind of drops back down, and this is the game dropping back down, but I think it did. I think, I want to say one of the levels that I the one I was alluding to earlier on where I just like didn't want to solve and I just looked up the answer, I think that may have been in this chapter. Maybe, maybe it's the next chapter, but yeah. Um... And this this time, when you reach the top, you get confronted with an, by another sheep. It's a sheep with a tie, and you recognize its voice, and you place it, and it's Steve. And Steve realizes uh, he's been cursed by New Catherine, and tells Vincent they've both been cursed as revenge for their betrayal on their significant other. So Steve cheating on his wife, and uh, Vincent cheating on old Catherine. Uh, and then they both get interrupted by the shadow of Vincent, which basically picks Steve up and eats it whole, eats him whole, 
which is like really funny because like he's not funny, but he's squirming and screaming for help, and Vincent's just frozen there, just watching it happen, and then he just basically runs to the door, terrified, uh, and as soon as he goes through the door, he wakes up and he wakes up in his in his apartment, and for the I think this is the first time, but he's completely alone. There's nobody, uh, old Catherine, or excuse me, new Catherine is nowhere to be found. So he wakes up alone. And that concludes chapter 7. And now we're about to talk about the best chapter in the game. Chapter 8. Um, time to strap in. Time to strap in. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So chapter 8 starts... Uh, you're having lunch with Orlando, and he basically is complaining about the, his lack of sleep and the nightmares he's been having. Then you find out, I mean, the, you overhear on the TV uh, that a local dentist named Steve DeLome was found dead. He died in his sleep. Vincent immediately realizes who it is and overhears other diners who happened to be or apparently were Steve's neighbors talking about his situation and how horrible of a man he was for bragging about cheating on his wife with a younger woman. So Vincent and Orlando further discuss the curse and Vincent's plans to break it off with old, uh, new Catherine and propose to old Catherine. Then you flash forward to the bar and this is, it's like, uh, let me see. So you flash forward to the bar, and there's two scenes. So one scene is Orlando and Toby, and they're talking. And Toby has apparently lost his virginity to Erica the night before, so he's kind of, like, bragging about it. And it kind of weirds Orlando out. <laughs> and he's like, uh, where's Johnny at? Have you seen Johnny? And uh, then it pans over to somewhere else in the bar, and it's Vincent and New Catherine are spending time, and he's explaining to her how he wants to break it off with her and she seems to take it well and then she basically becomes in grade a you know crazy i guess you could say she um she basically says let's keep let's keep doing what we're doing and as long as i'm your number one then you can have fun with this other girl on the side i'm, I'm cool with it I'll, I'll let it slide and vincent's like no like you don't understand this girl is pregnant. It's my kid, and I intend to marry her. And he's like, it's officially over. And she kind of starts crying and heads off to the bathroom. And Vincent follows her, basically trying to calm her down. And she just does not want to be calmed down. And then she physically assaults this man. She, like, beats his ass. And, like... <laughs> Give him that Chris Brown. <laughs> That's kind of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she she punched him and like it's fun like they do the whole anime thing so like you see him getting beat at first but then it pans out of the bathroom and you're just hearing the sound effects of him getting beat up and like, like no 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 don't no not that not that oh and he's just getting beat up and um uh when he comes to she's gone uh, and orlando and johnny are basically like uh peace out man um so then you get to use that time to just kind of catch up with Erica and the boss. And then when you finally head home, it flashes forward to the morning and you realize, oh, um, I haven't had a nightmare. Like, I, I didn't have to do a puzzle sequence. Awesome. And then you turn to your left and realize, oh, no, that 
new Catherine is laying beside me. And then quickly she fizzles out and you realize, oh, she's a figment of your imagination. And he just talks about like how well rested he feels. So he's just like, oh, I'm going to ride this out and I'm going to lay in bed. This door buzzes and he's like, I don't want to get it. It better not be. And then you find out, oh, it's an internet salesman. So he doesn't answer and he lays back in bed and just closes his eyes to relax. And then his door buzzer goes again and he's like, who is it? I thought like they're gone. And he hears a key in the door and sits up because he realized it's old Catherine. She's trying to get in. And um, he basically gets up and he looks pretty determined to make things right. So he's walking to the door. He opens the door. And then you can see it go from being from behind his shoulder to behind new Cath- or old Catherine's shoulder. And so she's on the other side of the door. He opens the door. And then you see him open the door all the way and... New Catherine is standing behind him with the the most evilest of smiles on her face. And then the Asley brothers start playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And so um, she basically, Vincent does not aware of her at all. And then she just lets out a hello. And then he freaks out because he's like, oh, my God, she's here. This is it. This is happening. And, um, uh, Vincent basically realizes this is the worst possible scenario and new Catherine invites old Catherine in for coffee and old Catherine is furious, but she's like, yeah, that's fine. And then she basically is like, there better be a good explanation for this. And then there's the most awkward conversation between Vincent and old Catherine and new Catherine. And like, so it's the three of them together, uh, New Catherine is just kind of like, she is not helping the situation because she's being super flirty with Vincent and barely is acknowledging new Catherine or old Catherine's presence beyond like just being a guest. And she just, she is the most extra and I'm so here for it because she has some of the best slash most blatantly disrespectful lines I've seen where she's like, Vincent is trying to explain, like, okay, this girl is, you know, she, uh, she's just here, but, like, I'm here for you, and new Catherine is just like, you're not going to break it to her after all you've done to my body, night after night? <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, it starts, like, old Catherine starts getting mad about it, but she just keeps prodding her, and she says... If you work hard enough to get something, you'll get it. You believe that, right? Well, he worked me hard, and now he's got me. (laughs) And, like, she just gets more and more pissed. And then they just start catfighting between the two of them. And they're, like, claiming him as their man and just the most, like, calling each other whores and bitches and all these things. And then Vincent, he just gets so, like... Like, he realizes what's going on. And then he just grabs his head and he starts screaming. And I think this is my favorite part in this game. I think this is the moment for, like, I've, I've watched this clip on YouTube, like, ten times already. This is my favorite scene of any game we've played so far. Him just, this meeting between the two of them. I didn't know you liked anime. <laughs> I love it, apparently. <laughs> Start <a new> podcast. <laughs> I love it, man. 
And like it, the scene is so good. Like we're gonna have to like link it or something, dude. Like it just it just pans around his head, him screaming. The camera's just going around him, and it does it for like twenty seconds. It's so good. And then like this whole time, like new Catherine is still jabbing at old Catherine, and I'm so here for it. She's like careful. You keep making faces like that and you'll start getting wrinkles, you old granny. She says that. <laughs> and then she was like, why don't you go home, you old, you old whore? Do you even have a baby in that ice cave? And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> That's so disrespectful. Bars. And I was like, oh my god. Man down. <laughs> and it, it was... Oh my god, dude. Like, this scene is so good. Like... I just do, do you what do you what do you think Dante how do you feel about this scene It's it's really good it everything you could possibly want out of that climax right there like though you knew it was eventually going to happen but the fact that they delivered in such a outstanding way and we haven't even gotten to like the actual climax of that stuff it it was like the build-up was... They, they did yes, it right. the build-up this entire game, because you're like, okay, we're seeing the rise, or I don't even know if you want to call it the rise. We're seeing the decline of Vincent. And this is rock bottom. And it is so good. It, it exceeded all my expectations. Vincent is completely helpless. Like, they're... He... They just... The way they, like... You can hear them babble... And at some point, it just starts to become like that background noise type of babble when he's just screaming. <laughs> it's so good. He's not even listening to what they're saying anymore, but he's like, my life is over. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And it eventually gets to a point. So, like, new Catherine, she just gets silent. She stands up, and she just backs to the kitchen counter and reaches for something in the sink. One moment, guys. I made a meme. You made a meme. I made a meme. Okay. It's getting posted to the group chat right now. Okay. Is it a video or like a picture? It is a picture okay. meme. I saw this meme the other day and then I decided to add to it. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. Accurate. Yep. Um, there we go. Yeah, so so new Catherine realizes what she wants, and she waves this butcher knife that she's been hiding behind her back at that Catherine, old, old Catherine was looking for. So then new Catherine attacks her with the knife, and Vincent jumps in the way and gets sliced on his side and falls over, like clutching his side. And old Catherine falls away while falls while she's attempting to run away and her and uh, new Catherine struggle until you hear the shh of like an, a, a, the knife being stuck into somebody and both of them kind of just stop moving and uh, Vincent gets up to see what has happened as old Catherine pushes new Catherine off of her and she has uh, New Catherine has a knife, the the blade sticking out of her stomach. Basically, she's been stabbed, and she's like, she's not moving. She's been fatally stabbed, <coughs> and she's now like, she's dead. 
there's a pool of blood form uh, forming, and it's just spreading on his carpet. And old Catherine is freaking out. She's like hyperventilating. She takes off her glasses. She's wiping her eyes. She's screaming. She's like crying. And Vincent, like basically, he slaps the mess out of her actually, and just to calm her down. And he basically like, you go home. I'm gonna clean up this mess. And he kind of grabs her hand and he's pulling her outside and he opens up the door and both of them are in the beginning of the tower sequence of a nightmare sequence. Vincent realized what's happening and now him and new cat our old Catherine must complete the tower together as they're running from a giant demonic version of new Catherine. And she appears with peeled skin and a large mouth with sharp fangs. This was also a really good transition from a cutscene to gameplay. Yes, yes. This is this is the best chapter to me. Like like I, beyond just the cutscene, like everything about this chapter, I'm here for. And I, <clears throat> so you have this long, drawn out climax cutscene to start the chapter. This actual nightmare sequence that you're in, it's unlike any other nightmare sequence. It's a single level. It's a boss encounter. You're you're encountering Catherine, uh, new Catherine, and you you have your escort, like your companion with uh, old Catherine. So you can um, you both have to complete this tower, and so she follows your every moves, but you can command her to like wait or follow you. And one, I did not know you could do that, so I never did that. Did you? Did you? So it wasn't only me. Okay, cause, yeah, I, I watched somebody play through, and I was like, how is he telling her to wait and stay, and, like, how does that happen? So I didn't realize you could do that. So the game doesn't do a good job of... You didn't see the button prompt on the right hand? I yeah. think it's literally on the screen, but you get yeah. tunnel vision in that game. Yeah, I got tunnel vision. <laughs> so anyways, I didn't hit the button at all. Um, but I, even despite that, I, I really, really enjoyed this level. It was a really long level, um, but it, like I said, it was a single level, and it was just interesting to try to do it like you had to think about your moves in a way that you hadn't had to think about it before. Because you're like, okay, this character works the same exact way as me, except for they can't move the blocks. So not only can, do I need to be able to move forward in this but I have to think about making it so that somebody behind me can also do this so like crumple blocks were out of the question in some instances I use I use crumple blocks um, the bomb blocks were kind of like out of the way you, it really forced you to change how you played in order to um, bring your com- let your companion come up with you and um, I, I don't know like I thought this was this game at its best because it's still like it has all the I think it has almost all the blocks at this point um but it was just a really long sequence too instead of it being broken up so I liked that as well and it wasn't too difficult but there was enough of a like this is different than anything we've done up to this point that it felt refreshing and I really really dug this chapter like this, this this entire chapter, and as far as uh, the the boss attacks, if either of the characters were close to her, she would do it. Uh, she'd punch them, do it, some punches on them that would insta kill, and then at range she'd fire these lightning bolts that would strike blocks, and they would insta kill if you hit you, and if it hit a regular block, it would turn into a crumple block. So it just was a way to 
impede your progress further as well. So, uh, the boss fight was... I died a couple times. It wasn't necessarily easy, but it wasn't too difficult, too. I think a lot of the difficulty came from having the, another character with you and having to navigate the tower with a secondary person. Um, did you guys have any... How, how did you guys like Chapter 8? Like, Don't let me gush about it. Did you guys like Chapter 8? I kind of share some of the, the same like same praise you give it as far as just kind of... I think it's a good point in the story where it hits like all the, the notes on what you've been waiting for. And, uh, and then kind of same thing with the, the actual, um, stage itself with, you know, it's, a it, it's a good transition into the gameplay. It's including, you know, a central character, another central character, giving you a little bit of a different way to play it. So, um, I liked it. What about you, Trevor? Yeah, I'm glad this didn't, you know, this wasn't the the way you had to play throughout the whole game, like with a companion. Um, but it was cool for this stage. Like, it made sense. Like, I liked the way they connected it to the story. Yeah. Uh, like, everything in this chapter just sort of really worked together. I think it was like... Like... I'm gonna go to you first, Dante. How, how do you think about Chapter Eight? Um, cutscene-wise, it was excellent. As far as the puzzle, I thought it was good. I don't know if I'd say it was like my favorite puzzle up until this, until that point. I can't remember if it's the chapter before or the chapter after where they really start integrating just all the different types of blocks. But um, I think it's the chapter after. I mean, technically, they they, they started from I would say chapter six on they start implementing all the blocks but i remember you specifically saying that you you really like how it was implemented in chapter nine yeah i think i think they just have it more free form in chapter nine which is kind of what i prefer yeah yeah whereas the other ones seem like more puzzle type designs well i mean like structured (laughs) yeah as far as how you solve them but i did enjoy the actual gameplay part of it as well as the story beats and kind of how they're linked to one another and how this one specifically ties into the cutscene you just played out. Yeah, it was very well done to me. Um, so, um, once you reach the end, Vincent is relieved and he basically turns around and tells old Catherine and tell her that this is the way back and we're going to get, you know, wants to get back together or wants to go back to their life together. And she panics and basically says she can't think about their future anymore. And Vincent claims he doesn't want to cheat, is just confused about their future and snapped, but now he realized how important she is to him. So this is his moment of growth, apparently, and him basically confessing to her that yes I did this thing, but like kinda of what Trevor said, like it happens in the movies, like I, it took me cheating on you to show me how important you are to me, you know, like basically like that. And um, uh, old Catherine doesn't want to do it anymore, and she attempts to just fall off the tower. But Vincent, unlike what he did with Steve, R.I.P. Steve, uh, he dives to save her and claiming that he can't lose her. So he really, really is committed to her um, and his future with her. 
And that ends chapter eight. And I just want to say that I think the game goes downhill from here on. And it makes me so sad. I'm so sad. Because I feel like the perfect ending point for me personally would have been them trying to figure out, like maybe leaving it open-ended on if they were going to work it out or not. Like we could say like, oh, like this new Catherine is some crazy demon chick and, you know, she was seducing me and I did cheat, but like she's done that to a lot of men and I got caught up but it showed me how important you are and now it's on Catherine to kind of make the decision if she wants to stick with him or not. But that's like, you don't get to see that. Like, I I just wish the game had been like, okay, he explains to her what happened and then it's like, you just, it leaves it up in the air if she takes you back or not. But I feel like they don't do that. You're the first person I've ever heard this like, you know what this game doesn't need? An ending, ending. exactly. (laughs) Like, the the story the important part of the story to me was the or the part that was appealing to me was the situation and like the Vincent being a liar and the situation of the two women meeting together was the climax and the resolution that or not the resolution but it was what I was here for and that's I was there for the drama and then I don't really care enough about Vincent as a character to see his growth all the way through. He's not compelling or a strong enough character to me that I care to see that, if that makes any sense. I still feel like at this point in the game, there's still some unanswered questions. Uh, I don't know. You, maybe you're right. You're right. Ending it there. You mean the whole sheep thing? And like yeah. The nightmare. <laughs> but like, yeah. dude, like you're right. Like, ending the game exactly at this point wouldn't have been ideal. But I wish that, like, I didn't need to play any more after this. You know? I feel like reaching... I think you're saying the love arc was done. The love arc was done. But, like, even the the puzzle sequence. like Like, the whole purpose of the puzzle sequence was... And we're gonna we're gonna talk about it, but the whole purpose was one thing, and that ends after chapter eight. That ends at chapter eight. Like when they go through the door together, that the whole purpose of why these guys have these nightmares it, it ends right there, right? But you don't know the or so, Greg. I'm gonna have to have a little aside with you okay. for a second. And I feel like his feelings about this game are how I felt about Persona 4 and how that game ends, if you remember any I don't think, any I don't think Greg said he's... Fin- mm. Oh, wait, no, 5. It was five. No, I did, yeah. I finished it. Yeah, I, I, where, I can't where you, remember. You get the guy, you get the main, quote-unquote, bad guy, but yeah. then it's like, well, what about this whole metaverse thing? Yeah. It's like, we gotta go deep. <laughs> and then that game ends up being like 10 hours longer at yeah. that point. So... I can kind of relate to him from another Atlas game perspective. All right. Well, I'll, I'll keep going so we can unveil this. Uh, so Vincent wakes up startled and old Catherine is asking him, are you okay? 
like she woke him up and he starts recalling the events between the two Catherines and she has no idea what he's talking about. Uh, old Catherine came to talk to him and reveals that she knows Vincent has been cheating on her and just wants him to admit it. Vincent, pretty unsure of what is happening. And he's like, yeah, like I told you this already and said, I thought everything is good now. And old Catherine calls him pathetic and explains that he was writhing around in his sleep and she just now woke him up, which means that the two Catherines meeting, which is the entirety of chapter eight was all an elaborate dream or nightmare sequence, depending on how you look at it. So <clears throat> none of that happened in real life. It was like that entire part was just a dream. Um, so Vincent goes to old Catherine and he basically promises to treat her and the baby right moving forward. And just as he's about to like, he's doing the spiel, the wind up and before he goes into starting to propose, she admits, or I don't want to say admits, but reveals that the pregnancy was a mistake and that it wasn't like a, it was like a false alarm. And she basically breaks up with Vincent. And, like, he rambles on and on about his real intentions and, like, how he didn't really mean to cheat on her and how he didn't really have any feelings for this other girl and all these things and basically asking for her forgiveness. And she's basically fed up with his BS. And she basically explains that while he was going through his thing, you know, like, by being distant and claiming that it was his work and claiming that he's been sleeping poorly and all that, he kind of left her on an island and he basically kind of like she was super scared about their future because like she she thought she was actually pregnant and here she is like wanting to have a future with this guy that is not in the picture and not there for her as she's like feeling scared about what's happening to her like potentially what happened to her body and just like the lifestyle that she has and um she basically is like yeah we're through dude uh dips out on him and Vincent is just in shock because he's just coming to terms with, he was just coming to terms with wanting to spend his life together with her because he had his epiphany and she does not see a future with him in it. So he's just kind of like really, really bummed out. So how, how did you guys feel about this uh this situation? Because I think this is when the game actually kind of drops a lot of the anime-ness and actually gets kind of real uh obviously uh like a, it's like a real life situation i guess you could say and i and i thought it was uh i thought it was done really 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 well and it's like a very i won't say heavy but a very mature subject matter that it, it, i thought they handled it really really well what'd you think about it greg yeah i agree that uh it was um it was a turn i, I wasn't expecting for it to happen like that, I guess. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. Neither was Vincent. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, it, it was good to see him have a little bit of remorse about it, I guess. And, and be like, Oh wow. Like I really messed up and you know, this, this, this is real, you know, and I've got to deal with the, uh, the consequences of this. What about you, Dante? Uh, it's a complicated thing. Cause like, I still go back and forth even now like I I don't know what to think about that kid thing. I really don't. But um could you what do you mean? What, what you mean? 
Like, do you think she was lying? I'm wondering about if it? she was trying to play him, or just like she was being genuine. And it's like, um, I don't know how kids work to be <laughs> honest. So I don't know how much that could be up up for grabs, um, quote unquote. C- like, correct me if I'm wrong. I always thought it was like a hit detected or hit miss type I of think, thing. I think I think you can have a false hit too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So you can you can take a test. And it come up one thing, and you can take another test, and it says something else. So I feel um, you. I guess yeah, pregnancy tests. I guess they aren't one hundred. Yeah, but um, I mean, like, be even beyond that too. Like, she she kind of says like, I didn't want to. You weren't even. She held out. Well, yeah, but she she wasn't even. Um, she she says to him something along the lines, I don't have it written out, but it was like, you weren't even excited about the, the possibility of having a kid or something like that. And he was like, yes, I was. And it was like, no, you were not. And <clears throat> that, uh... <laughs> See, but that's the other thing. It's like, it's one of those weird gray areas. Like, this was literally one of the questions they asked you as you're climbing up the cho- tower at that point, where it's like, is it is it still cheating if you're if it's just an imagination? So her getting mad about him dream cheating versus she doesn't know he's dream cheating. Him getting mad at her. Huh? To be fair, she, he didn't know it was dream. He cheating. He didn't know it was dream cheating. She didn't know it was dream cheating, and she knew it was a well. After a while, she was aware that it wasn't a true pregnancy, but he was not. Yeah, but like the hypothetical of it all, it's like, well, he was he wasn't excited about this baby, even though it wasn't really a baby. That's something that you she, get what I'm I like, mean. I get what you're saying, but she's also going through a lot, so it's not necessarily something that she's trying to hear. And I get it, like, because I would. Yeah, and it's definitely not like an equivalent. Yeah, it's either. like, oh, well, you weren't really so. pregnant, so that's why I wasn't happy. And it was just like, no, that doesn't work like that. <laughs> either you are, or you're not. Yeah. But I mean, she even lays it on him too, and says something like, um, "I would, I, I actually have been holding on to this information for a while because I knew if I told you, I would figure you'd leave me." Wasn't she trying to gauge him? I, yeah, like I think she said something like, "If if I told you the truth, I figured you would leave me," or something along those lines, because she wasn't sure like what was going on with him, and so like yeah, she was in a. Like, it's, it's interesting because we're seeing this week in Vincent's, from Vincent's point of view, and he's not as engrossed in the baby aspect as her. But, like, if you think about it from her point of view, like, she's probably, like, equally as, like, uh, going through a lot of emotions in a short period of time, too. And, like, this is the one time that we actually get to, like, hear about it. And see like how she feels, and it was pretty interesting. And um, I don't know, like it, it, I think it fleshes her character out a little bit better for me. And she becomes way more of a sympathetic character because I feel like a lot of this game kind of paints the women through the eyes of like a guy or like how guys see ladies. So like she seems very controlling and very um like demanding but then like it kind of 
fleshes out her character a little bit when you find out like oh she was really scared about this and she was actually worried about how Vincent was going to feel about her and whereas the whole time it seems like she's the one in charge of the relationship but like it seems like at this point she is like oh no this is like a 50 it seems like a 50 50 thing where from Vincent's point of view the entire time it's been seeming like Catherine's the one in control I'm sorry I didn't mean to Debo <laughs> No, 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 no. You you did a good job, like, expanding out that argument or okay. conversation. Trevor, you got any feelings about the epiphany? And the, just the, the Catherine, new, or old Catherine breaking up with Vincent? Um, I mean, that played out pretty much how I expected it to. And like you said, it's one of the points in this game where it goes from kind of being wacky to getting a little bit serious. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Other than that, I don't, I don't have too much more than what y'all said about it. Well, don't worry; it's about to get back going to wacky. <laughs> so, um, oh, oh, it's about to get to anime. <laughs> it, it flashes forward to a pretty depressed Vincent sulking around his neighborhood or his apartment. All his conversations with old Catherine are running through his head. He's walking around town in the rain, like <laughs> it goes there. And, uh, you know, he's just, like, he's super depressed. Um, and, uh, he ends up going to work. Huh? I was just gonna say, yeah, it it gets really bad. Like, Let It Burn starts playing in the I background. I know, dude. Starts, yeah, <laughs> Dancing in the rain. It's just a bad scene for Tom. <laughs> I was thinking that, too. I was just like, man, like, what are we doing? <laughs> um... Flash forward to Vincent being at work and he's in the bathroom with Orlando killing time like they always do. And he's like talking about his dream and like Catherine and the two Catherine's meeting up and like he's like, I don't know how this happened or whatever and blah blah blah. And Orlando's trying to cheer him up, but it's not working. And then uh Vincent is like going through his phone and he's like looking at his messages and he's like, Alright, let me see what old cat or new Catherine said and then he can't find any pictures or texts or any basically evidence that she's actually existed what's up Dante you said they're talking as they always do you you failed to mention that they are talking while taking a dump like <laughs> on these toilet seats I and mean, I was just deeply unnerved and couldn't even concentrate on the actual like sustenance of what's Best happening, because this is like a worst nightmare scenario. <laughs> oh yeah, the best use of company time is pooping on the clock. You know, it's one thing if somebody's talking to you while you're peeing, like that bothers me. But if I was taking a dump and somebody's just trying having some deep, like conversation about his ex and cheating and all of this stuff, I don't think I'd handle it. I'd, all right. I'd pass out. Honestly. All right, I'm gonna stop you right there. Am I the only person in this call, this this thing that has talked to friends while we were both taking dumps? Oh heck no! Oh, uh, bro. I definitely haven't done that before. <laughs> what are you doing with yeah, your as life? As soon as I walk into a bathroom, it's just like uh, I don't want to. 
I don't want to talk or anything. Even if like you're peeing, like you're talking no. to your friend, you don't do that. You I, never I did that. I don't talk at all. Uh, so, I'm, bro, I'm I might a, wait outside. <laughs> like, like, okay, so like maybe in like a urinal or whatever, like I might say one thing or whatever, but that doesn't. I don't like doing that. I feel super awkward. All right, first of all, like, okay, let me let me lay it out. You and your friend are walking to the bathroom together. You're already talking. You go into the bathroom. No, you're already messing the- up. You're already messing you- up. If you're- <laughs> no, man. You you guys go. You guys go. Like, I mean, you're not like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And he's like, Yo, hold up, bro. I'm coming too. Like, not like that. Like, <laughs> bro, you going to the calf today? <laughs> now I'm going to take a dump. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is if, like, you were to go into the bathroom with somebody that you were already having a conversation with them outside of the bathroom, would you just stop talking as soon as you walk into the bathroom like i'm not talking about i'm not talking about pooping i'm talking about like if you were just to go in there and both use the urinal you guys don't even have to be standing next to each other or like they could just go in and wash their hands or you could go and wash your hands and they're using the bathroom you never had a conversation with somebody i mean it nah fam i'm calling an audible i'm gonna go to like the cafeteria just like divert it last day oh you're going that way i'm I'm over here i honestly (laughs) don't plan on being in the bathroom that long so like a a pause in the conversation is nothing okay well next time i catch you guys we're gonna see (laughs) we we can pick it back up he's gonna follow us in there back up when i start washing my hands or something but you know okay so there's only two example, two times in my life that I've sat on the toilet and talked to somebody else in the bathroom, and they were also sitting on a toilet. And both times, it was friends, and also we walked into the bathroom having the conversation. And the first time was mostly like... Pause! I would hope it was a friend. Like, if somebody had the <laughs> nah, audacity. Somebody, met, you know. <laughs> like, hey, hey, bro, you, you know, got some TV? A rando. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Hey, man, public okay, matchmaking okay, in the toilet. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, two things. Not people I know, but I definitely, people have tried to have conversations with me that I don't know when I was in the bathroom, where they're just, like, in, in a stall by themselves. And oh, this definitely happened before. I just kind of I ignore I, I, I just keep it moving. It just yeah, <laughs> like I don't want to engage in this at all. Like, yeah, um, you're a different breed of dude, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the uh... <laughs> anyway, business as usual. So, no, all right. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I didn't. I didn't think these guys were actually using the toilets when they were in there. I thought they were just kind of hiding out and having a conversation, checking their phones. Just doing the the workplace thing of like, well, I don't have to use the bathroom, but I just I'm just gonna go yeah. just go in and sit on my phone. They can't tell like you not minutes. to use the bathroom. I'm pretty sure you could see like their pants drop through like the bottom they of the stall or whatever. You gotta sell, sell that ass. <laughs> um <laughs> Piping up now. How are you? Um. Yeah. Go on with your info dump. So, like I was saying, like the two times that it's happened in my life, like one time was me and my friend feeling equally sick, and like before a tournament and talking about how we feel sick while we were being sick, and then the other time was me and my friend 
walking in, we were like at Fogo de Chao or like a Brazilian steakhouse. And we had just eaten a lot and we were talking about the meal. We had just like, while we were walking to the bathroom, like, oh, dude, I don't feel so good. And like, then we just continued our conversation on the toilet. But in that situation, we both remarked how weird it was, but how okay. It was just like, I don't normally do this, but you're the homie. So I don't feel uncomfortable doing this. And I'm talking about pooping. Just, just talking about pooping. But, um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with Trevor. Uh, I don't think when they do this, it's because this wasn't the first time that they were in the bathroom having a conversation in stalls. There was like, there was at least one other, because I watched, I rewatched all the cutscenes while I was doing up the show notes. So there's at least one other time and I, I think they make reference to the fact that they're pooping because he's talking about toilet paper or like needing toilet paper or whatever or you know what yeah that's even unless he there's like super trying to sell it there's literally like yo i need some toilet paper yeah but like it, it wasn't the first time um <clears throat> um it wasn't the first time that this happened so I'm surprised that it caught you off guard, but I guess because they were talking about toilet paper. But I digress. Let's let's get back into this. <laughs> You're right. You caught me with my pants down. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to stall you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was <laughs> that was bad. That was bad. <laughs> um. So yeah. So Vincent realizes that he no longer has texts or photos of n- new Catherine, and Orlando's like, well. Maybe she deleted them, or maybe old Catherine deleted them. And then he's like, come to think of it, nobody has seen her, so what, you know, like, and then Vincent's like, wait, you didn't see her the night before, or you didn't see this? And he's like, nah, dude, I just saw you. So Vincent starts wondering, and he starts driving himself crazy. And then it flash forwards to when they're at the bar, and he starts asking everybody, his friends at the bar, like, do you remember the girl I was with the other day? And everybody's like, no, like I didn't see any girl. I just saw you being by yourself. And Vincent starts to melt down. And Trevor, can you take it from here? So um, Vincent's basically having this meltdown because he's the only one that seems to think Catherine exists. And then he starts, I guess, backtracking in his mind like, man, who was here when Catherine was here? And he looks over at the bar and who else but the man, the myth, the legend, boss. And so Oh, sorry, um there's one thing that happens before then that I wanted to see that if you guys caught or not. I'm pretty sure this is before here, so let me make sure. This was like right after they talked about everybody having the dream, like Toby had the dream. Orlando had the dream. Um, I don't think Toby had the dream. Who's the other dude? Is this Orlando and Johnny, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. I didn't I think thought, Toby was. No, everybody had. The, even Erica had the dream. No, I think it's what the thing was is that Toby said I didn't have the dream, but Erica's been complaining about not getting sleep, and she blushes, and Orlando and Johnny kind of react a certain way and try to try to change the subject, which I think is the reveal that I was referring to earlier. I think Johnny. No! Oh my God! You read this wrong. What? 
So I'm about to I'm about to drop this bomb on you. Wait, you're not you're not going to the ending, are you? Oh, okay. No, no, this isn't the ending. This is So what if I told you that Erica was that transgender? Is the ending. Wait. How is that that's that's revealed a in the ending? ending. That's an yeah. A specific ending. But I didn't know that it was like canon throughout the entire game. Yeah, that's why like only men have the dream. So, oh, wow. like that's why. I didn't even, you know. Yeah, what? and that's why Orlando always acts really funny when, um, what's his name, Toby, is like, yeah, I'm trying to hook up with Erica. Okay. Okay. So there you so go. So I thought when Johnny said he cheated. Or uh, he he betrayed his best friend. He's still referring to Toby, right? Johnny, Probably. Johnny got with Erica, or is it? Or or is Johnny? Did Johnny actually get with Orlando's wife? Then I'm not sure about any of that. I think Erica was just blushing about having the dream because, like, it kind of. Lifted the veil a little bit on her. I did not know that only women or men could get the dream. So I was thinking it was cheaters just in general. So that's why I was thinking like, oh, this this basically confirms that Johnny got with Erica behind Toby's back. I'm pretty sure they established early on that only men get the get the dream. Yeah, okay. I remember so. them saying that, or at least like on the news they were saying like it was only men that were that were dying. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Well, carry on, Trevor. All right. So back to um, whoa. Vincent. <laughs> so I, I, I was oh, going to say, the... was it really immature that I thought that was funny? But maybe you finally saw it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, should describe it to the to the, to the listeners. We'll, we'll describe it when we start talking about the the endings. We need show notes. Yeah. Um. Basically, we I'm just posted. I'm meeting myself. We posted a um a screenshot of one of the endings for the game, which ties into what we were just discussing. But we'll we'll bring it back up later. So um, at this point in the game, you. You know, Vincent's doing some detective work, and he realizes Boss was there um, at the time that Catherine um, showed up, and he remembers that um, either Boss says something to Catherine, or Catherine says something to Boss, but they kind of acknowledge each other's presence, and so that's when he realizes that Boss can see her, and so Vincent goes over and confronts Boss about it, and... um. And then eventually, you know, Boss admits to to being able to see Catherine. I can't remember the full extent of the conversation. But then after that, he goes into um, how he's actually the one who constructed the, um, the tower and is responsible for choosing um, who goes into the nightmare. And, of course, based on him being a bartender, of course, he has, like, access to everybody's dirty laundry. And, 
you know, he uses that to be able to, um, to vet them and put them into the, the nightmares. And then, um, then it just gets weirder where he's some type of, um, interdimensional because like, it's funny because he's like, oh, you figured me out. And then he goes and does his, like, weird exposition thing about, like, I'm the mastermind. He's like, no, bro, bro I was just asking you a question. Yeah, and, and Vincent is kind of like, is kind of like, okay, yeah, I, I I knew something was off. But then when he, when he keeps on going, Vincent's kind of like, wait, what? Like, I didn't ask for all of this. But, yeah, Boss was just like, he's from, an, like, another dimension and and... He, what hired Catherine or something like that to, to go into these men's lives and, and bring them into the nightmare. Um, trying to think of what else. I, uh, as far as my notes that I had, it was like, um, so his name he is Thomas Mutton. He was a human and he became a god, and he basically. Catherine is a succubus and always takes the form of an ideal woman of the person that she is trying to seduce. And then as far as the boss, um, he's tasked with making sure the human population keeps growing. So he inputs or six Catherine on guys that are with women that there is no future with them as a couple. So he basically breaks couples up that will not work. Um, it kind of made me think of that Black Mirror episode from the new season, or most recent season, with online dating, where everybody dated and they had an expiration date on their relationship, and you don't get to choose who you were in a relationship with. You just kind of got matched up. And so you could be matched up and dating somebody for seven days or seven years or you know seven weeks or whatever and then once you found the one then you were outside of this uh simulation uh once you were with the person that you were meant to be with and it's kind of like the same situation maybe in a little reverse where he's like purposely breaking up introducing this agent of chaos and, and Catherine the succubus to basically come in between this couple to try to break them up so then that way they don't have uh because they're they're not i don't know it's like yeah it's really weird it was like he was trying to take away or break apart people like when one of them wasn't ready for commitment so that that would free up the one who was ready for a commitment and then they would find somebody else who was ready for a commitment and that was his way of like controlling the population or something like that it's weird because, like, you can definitely have a kid with somebody that you're not supposed to be with. So, like, his whole <laughs> yeah, intention, his thing. whole intention of making sure the human population keeps growing, like, bro, you're not needed for that. Like, people are going to have kids, like, you know, like, with the right person or with, with the wrong person. So it doesn't really matter. I think the culture in Japan's different, though. Like, I'm not going to do one of those cultural expert things. Like Trevor? <laughs> Yes, exactly, like Trevor. But I don't know where I got it from, but I think it's just not as common over there. And, like, a lot of, like, okay, it's not about, like, having a kid with somebody else. It's just having a kid in general is very, like, 
not rare over there, but it's not it's not something everybody goes into and there's actually like a big population decrease that they're worried about and a lot of people actively don't want to have kids from my understanding. So I guess his theory is like, hey, if I can get people in relationships, at least they might try to have a kid. Gotcha. All right, it's back to you, Trevor. <laughs> um, let me see. What happens after the big reveal? I think that's when Erica um, kind of stumbles into the conversation. Because, like, the bar is closed at this point, isn't it? Yeah. I think the last of the patrons have left. And I think it's just, like, Erica there, and she kind of stumbles into the conversation. Um, what else happens after that? Does he take you to the shadow realm at this point well i think vincent is kind of like yeah i'm gonna you know defeat the the final boss or something like that and then yeah he, he makes a gambit yeah. with the dude he's like yo you end these dreams or you kill me or something like that or die I thought it was he wanted to see he wanted to talk to Catherine one more time i think that was the terms of him like if he made it through the last day, yeah, then I want right, to talk yeah. to Catherine. But I thought he also was playing for everybody and like, hey, if I win, <laughs> no more the nightmare. Yeah, ends for everybody. So he was trying to be like, everybody looked up to him, and he was like an influential figure in his community. And he decided instead of taking the easy route, he would do right for everybody instead of just like few uh, percent of the population. And it was also kind of like, you know, the fact that he figured out that New Catherine wasn't real. And he basically broke up what he had going on with old Catherine. And so that kind of instilled him to be like, oh man, you messed up everything that I had. I had a good thing going. And then you had to intervene. And so that kind of inspired him to to take the challenge. I think from there it goes into the nightmare, right? Or, like, he goes home and it's nightmare time? I'm pretty sure. Like, he challenges the dude, and I think the dude just transports him or whatever. Yeah. And I think this is, like... I don't think they introduce anything new to this stage, or to Chapter 9. Like, all the landings are empty. There's no sheep to talk to. And um, I think this is the most lengthy, uh, I think there's six parts in this, uh, oh, wait, yep, you're right. Uh, They introduce a, like, a dark, uh, a vortex block or a dark hole block, which is, like, a block that um, you can't stand on, and anything that lands in it or on it, it gets sucked into this dark hole. So, that's the thing that they add, and, um... I think there's you, you end up facing him, and he has two forms. So his first form is him as just Thomas Mutton, a.k.a. the boss, just in his normal white tux with the red, uh, um, uh, red glowing eyes. And then, uh, go ahead, Trevor. You can go ahead with that then. Okay, so, like, at the landings, you know, like like you said, Marcus, there aren't any sheep or anything. Um, so you can basically make a beeline for the confessional booth. And that's where the mysterious voice gives you his real name. 
and his name is Astaroth, and he's what was his role? Um, this is like trying to find your true intentions or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. This is where it got real anime, and that's why I think this is why I'm like not here for it. Because I was just like, man, why do we have to like introduce this stuff last minute to try to wrap this up? Like, I don't know. I'd rather not know than it to be wrapped up the way it was wrapped up. This this story, personally. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I forgot what Astroth's role is. Um, what was it? I think it was just mostly just to know your true intentions and just try to get like a better read on you as a, a person uh, which is really weird because like it's completely outside of the game so it's like <clears throat> it's a uh, Vincent is acting one way you are responding for him or th- through him in text messages and despite anything that you say, he's always going to act a specific way. So you can act super faithful to old Catherine in your text messages. But Vincent is always going to go for new Catherine every time. So the same thing happens with this confessional booths. Um, they'll, they could ask you a question that like, I mean, they, they, they randomize the questions they ask you, but they could ask you a question that, like, almost 100% pertains to what has just unfolded in the story, but you answer it as the player. And it just seems like a really, like, it kind of broke down this whole confessional and just the whole conversation aspect of this game it kind of just, like, ripped that facade away of, like, what the purpose of that was in the game. Because, like, going into the game, I was like, this is cool. This is, like, I mean, it's not like Mass Effect, but it's just kind of, like, a cool, like, um, lightness, darkness, you know, Paragon Renegade, Chaos Law. Like, it's, like, a cool concept in this game. But then once you have the reveal of Astaroth, I feel like it just kind of just, like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and it doesn't even affect your your meter anymore. Like the questions that he's asking once you get to the to chapter nine. Yeah, like and like yeah, I was curious curious about that. The, you know, you know the reason why is depending on how you answer in chapter nine determines the ending of the game you get. So everything that you've done uh... up till then, everything you've done up to then doesn't matter, which is very frustrating because huh. it's like like you were saying, Trevor, you were like. But you'd never know if unless you... you you're right, you never know. But it is frustrating once you find that out. Because, like, you were saying, Trevor, like, you were playing towards a renegade, or right? Is what you were yeah. saying? But I think I'm going to pull it up just so I can be 100% sure. Because my meter was all the way in the red. <clears throat> I think it's, like, um, depending on what you answer for... There's eight different endings... And it's depending on what you answer at stage nine two and nine three, will um, determine your fate. So the answer given in stage nine one doesn't matter, but nine two, nine three, and nine four do. 
and that's how the game is the ending of the game is determined nothing up to that point so up to that point it's just for show and it's just like it's like a but it works but it's an extra meter that like, i don't know it's like giving you information that's irrelevant that doesn't matter but you it does matter because you think it matters and you 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 play based off of that meter the fact that it doesn't do anything isn't important it's the fact that it makes you feel like you're doing something yeah, I guess it's just there to add more weight to the decisions you're, that you're But, I mean, at. like, so so are you saying that somebody like Trevor was always going to pick negatively because he wanted to see the meter go down and not because he just wanted to see what the game ending would be? So, yeah, in that case, he's trying to play <clears throat> the game when in reality the game's playing him. But then, like, so for, like, me, I just picked whatever I felt like was a response I would give, and I kind of chose it regardless of what the meter was displaying. And I, I feel like you yeah, played that also way too, didn't option. you? Yeah, but I thought it mattered. Okay. And the fact that I thought it mattered and I was watching the meter made it a very interesting yeah. thing to watch so I thought it mattered. Regardless of whether it had an effect or not. I thought it mattered, but I also wasn't like trying to yeah. course correct to make sure I got what I wanted it. For me, I was going to be satisfied with wherever it ended up. Because that was going to be my canon playthrough, I guess you could say. But then to find out that mm-hmm. the end of the... Because, like, like, I mean, like... The See, thing I, is, the, the most frustrating part is, is that all the confessional questions are random. So, yeah. like, ultimately, it's random what your ending get, you get is. Versus when you're playing throughout the entire game, you're always going to be put in this scenario where you can act positively or negatively so you're always going to have the same scenarios play out and i feel like that's a better read of like good versus bad versus three random questions okay guys it's time for corrections um (laughs) the the meter apparently does affect your ending so like um depending on where it is you have to choose the answer to certain questions and that gives you like so say your say your meter is in the blue if you answer the same if you answer yes to the questions and you get one ending you'll get a different ending if your meter is in the red and you answer yes to those same questions okay so i so essentially you have red 1 through 4 and then yeah. blue 1 through 4 Okay. That makes me feel better. <laughs> it does. They gamify No, it. no, it makes me feel better that the, everything leading up to Chapter 9 was important versus it just being like, only Chapter 9 was important. That's what I mean. Okay. I'm okay with that. Alright. Back to... It's just, it's another take on player choice, essentially. And like, how much control does the player actually have versus... How can the game sub- not subvert your expectations, but kind of it's another mechanic to toy with the player. Yeah. To some regard. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's, get to, let's get to this boss and wrap this up. Um, so the you fight Thomas Mutton, a.k.a. the boss, and in his first form, he has three attacks. Uh... He's sitting in his in a chair, and uh, he simply just aims his ground across the bo- blocks and locks onto Vincent. 
and he shoots at Vincent, and if it hits him, he dies, but if uh, it misses, then it destroys the block that he, Vincent was standing by. The second is he quickly moves in front of the stage and boot stomps the front of the tower, and it will knock him down and stun him, or if he's hanging off the side, it will, and he gets hit, he'll die. And the final is he does like this gaffle strike, and any and all of the special blocks will turn into another type. So it's it's frustrating to say the least. This this um, boss took a lot longer for me to beat because of like how random it was. Where like you could go from having like all. Uh, trap blocks to all crumble blocks or all trap blocks to all bombs or go from, or it could be there was few instances where it was beneficial where like, oh I got a whole bunch of spring blocks but most of the time it was like detrimental to like have this happen so it it, and it's random so it it was kind of frustrating because it was like not something you could control and so sometimes it was just kind of like matter of life or death if I get this type of block then I'm not going to be able to proceed, and I'm going to fall, and that happened a couple times for me. How about you guys? Yeah, this level was super frustrating for me. I probably used about 15 retries. Yep, I was about the same. I definitely used more than that. I was that. about the same, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> when I started, I had, I think, 70 retries, and then I ended it with, like, 50-something. But, um, but yeah, this was one of those levels like on the boss levels like marcus was saying earlier um if you hit back when a after a boss uses his attack or hit um undo um this boss will actually um initiate an attack i think he'll either i think he does his kick like every time you undo no it was it was something like that like he might start an attack soon, but I don't think it's specifically the kick. Always. It seemed like it because every time I would hit back or undo, it would it would start up his kick attack. Or maybe it was just specific to my game. Glitch. <laughs> so, all of you are we just talking about phase one? Phase one. Right phase now? one. About... So, no, that was literally the easiest stage in the game for me. Hold up. What? It, no, I'm dead serious. Like, I didn't die. That was where I got the full combo throughout the entire stage. I Hey, well, he had he had issues on Chapter 6 and you didn't, Trevor. So. Yeah, like, this was what I was talking about, where this is probably my favorite part of the game, where they just literally throw blocks at you and pretty much it's just free-form puzzle solving. So, you kind of get to use every technique at this point. And, yeah, I was just destroying that dude. At least in phase one. Oh, you know what? Like, um, I, I was reading uh, about his stage two. Are we good with the stage one? Like, all of us had issues except for Dante? Okay, cool. Oh, was... Um, I was going to ask y'all since we got to this one, because this is where it happened to me. But did any of y'all happen to grab a checkpoint, like, at a really bad spot? Like, maybe you crumbled the wrong blocks. And and right after it happened, you hit a checkpoint, and then you, I think the, and then you kept dying. The one for me, it wasn't a crumble, but it was like I went from standing on a 
bomb block to the checkpoint. So every time I uh, restarted after I died, the the bomb block started. Uh, the fuse started. So I, I had to quickly get out of the area to avoid um, having to deal with crumble blocks. Yeah, that was part of my issue with this level was that I got into a bad checkpoint and then I eventually just started from the beginning because I was like, it's pointless. I was going to say one other thing that I forgot they introduced uh, to the puzzle was the monster blocks, the purple blocks that move. And uh, so the oh, second man. form is a more demonic version. It's his, I guess, his true form, his god form. It's the Doomazid, I think is what it's called. And it's the disembodied floating head of Thomas Mutton. And he's like the color of ash, his white eyes glowing red. And then there's like hundreds of sheeps that are interlocking to like form like a growth along the side of his face. And yeah, it's like a really freaky looking version of this dude. And um, he has three attacks this version as well. Um, He shoots a laser beam that destroys all blocks that are marked in red. He has um, one that curses Vincent, so his eyes will go purple, and when there's a purple cloud over Vincent's head, all the special blocks around him um, uh, begin uh, to change. So this is another one of those ones that changes blocks. Um, And then his final one is like a meteor that comes crashing down on the tower, and each block will go red before it's struck, and basically if you get hit by the meteor... Um, you die, and any block that gets hit by the meteors, uh, they'll turn into crack blocks. And I actually, besides the the only difficulty I had with him as a boss in either form, was the changing of the blocks. It was so like random, like whether it, it's such a hard swing between like being beneficial or just being like completely like, screwing you over, that that was the thing that was holding me back and not necessarily, like, avoiding his attacks. That usually helped me out. I mean, my runs that I... that I If it went bad, you can just hit back. See, and I didn't know that, so... Like, I knew after playing this game and after, like, reading about it, I was like, oh, like, if I would have used this back button more, it would have... I would have had a little bit of easier time in these specific example or instances. But like I said, I, I went back so rarely that I was pretty locked in. I guess I was playing the true Japanese way because I'm such an anime fan. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have an issue with the second form aside from like the last little stint where the fireballs were raining down. And there was just so many times where I was like on the second to last staircase or the last staircase. And I just randomly get hit by a fireball sent back okay I can't remember if there was even like a good indicator to show you where the fireballs were it was really quick but the block that you were or the block that it was going to hit would turn red but it was a lot faster than some of the other attacks that the bosses would do gotcha Gotcha. you guys got anything you need to add for this boss or did you like it because I didn't really care I mean like see like this boss was probably my favorite boss in the game just I felt like I was in full sprint mode like what Trevor describes how he felt during the first 
I don't know, three quarters of this game. It's what I felt in like the last quarter. So I just really, really enjoyed just quickly, actively solving all these puzzles, never stopping, and just kind of using everything the game had taught me up until that point and like pretty much making the puzzle my own instead of the puzzle making me. That's interesting because like really for me, I feel like the only two hiccups I had in this game, like puzzle-wise where I felt like the puzzles were like not difficult, but like I was getting caught at was chapter six and seven. Other than that, I feel like it was pretty much a sprint for me as well. But I come out on the other side of chapter nine and I'm like, I could have done without it, but I think that mostly might be because my attitude about the story and how the game, what happens in chapters nine and then how the game ends, where I'm just like, uh, that kind of soured my feelings on this game personally. What about you, Trevor? Uh, it didn't frustrate me as much as phase one of this boss, but I didn't mind it. Like, I knew I was getting to the end of the game, which, you know, kind of motivated me to, you know, push through this. And at some points, I just had to tell myself to slow down um, in order to get over stuff. But, yeah, like Dante said, just it allows you to utilize everything that you learn throughout the game. And I don't know if this is the first time. Well... No, I remember getting one in the beginning of the game, but the little gold idol that you pick up that you can use to transform trap blocks or any special blocks into regular blocks. I don't think I had ever used one of those up until this level. They kind of have that spot where they yeah. require Yeah, you yeah this one it, right? you have to use it. I thought that was kind of a cool thing. Like, hey, we're going to actually make you use one of these, like what has been before an optional item and actually implemented and integrated into the puzzle itself. Did y'all end up buying any items from the um, the shopkeeper? I think I did a couple times. I, I want to say one of them was the, the item that changes the blocks around to normal blocks, and then I think I bought, a, uh, I bought an extra block at one point. No, nah, I didn't buy a single item. No, just because, like, I knew it would make me mad buying the item and then me, like, picking up something else along the way and dropping that item and then getting to another part in that same level where it's like, God dang it, I wish I had that original item. Yep, that, that's that's kind of how I felt. Because you can only hold one thing at that's once. That's kind of how I felt, so I was like, I don't know. Um... There was definitely times where I wish you could hit start and like go to an option screen to buy an yeah. item. The game is pretty generous, um, or at least on normal difficulty. It seems pretty generous about giving you items to use. But buying items is really, really expensive also. Like the times I thought about doing it, it's like, man, I barely have enough credits to do this, and I'm like a couple chapters into the game. Gotcha. Um, and... Like, so after you beat the boss, you wind up back in his bar. He's heavily bandaged. His glasses are broken. And he's going to fulfill your request. And this is where the endings play out. And so there are eight possible endings. Which ending did you get? 
Dante? So in my ending, um, Catherine with the K and Vincent, like, I can't remember where they meet exactly. I think they meet at the bar and a couple of their friends are around and they're just kind of talking about their life up until that point and how crazy everything's been. But then Vincent's like, hey, we've got through this. I didn't actually cheat on you. I want to marry you. And um, do you accept? And Catherine's more or less like, I need some time, but I'm going to think about it. And then you like fast forward a couple weeks, I guess. And she's picking out her wedding dress. And essentially it's foreshadowed that they're going to get married, at least in the ending that I got. Okay. So for me, I took the boss up on his offer, took the boss up and had him bring new Catherine to the bar and you're talking to her and you're like, I finally decided what I want to do. Um, I want to marry you. And so you ask new Catherine to marry you. And she's like, what, like what's going on? Like the blah, blah, this. And then she's like, thinks about it. And she's like, sure. And she, her dad comes from the demon, the demon King from the demon world. And you meet her dad and he's like this huge, like, uh, it's 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 very similar to Dragon Ball Z. With, was it um, Chi Chi and her dad, the Ox King? Is that is that right? It's mm-hmm. very much like yeah. that, where she's like this small, petite succubus, I guess, and her dad is this huge demonic <laughs> creature. And yeah, so we uh, live happily ever after in my apartment in the demon world, but it's so f- freaking weird because. She mounts you because it's about to go down, and then the the boss is laying right next to you in sheet pajamas, and he's like, "Don't mind me." And then she says, Shh, "It's better when people are watching." And then it pans out of the apartment window, and you see you're in the demon world. It's it's weird. It's really weird. <laughs> and that's what you got, Trevor. It's you got anime. that ending too. Yeah, did, um, wait, did you tell him about the part where he goes to the demon world? What you mean? He, he, he said it. Yeah. No, like, where, where he's, like, in the demon world. Are you I, talking about? I think it said, and... like, it was weeks later, like, after that happened, because it jumps forward in time. And then what happens? Um... So him and Newt Catherine are like in the demon world. He's got like these long demon horns on him now. Oh, see, I didn't get that in. And and then he's got like these other demon girls like all over him, like while he's just sitting there laying with Catherine. And I guess she doesn't mind that all these little demon girls are like are just swooning over him, getting it in with Vincent. And uh, she's a succubus. And, like, apparently he's, like, the new king of the demon world now. Yep. And then it kind of pans out, and they're basically on top of New Catherine's dad. And and he's in, like, this awkward position. Like, he... Like, he just he's like witnessed... over, right? Yeah, like, he just witnessed his daughter um, having demon sex with a, with a... With another demon or something. Yeah, it was... That was your ending? Yeah. 
See, I didn't get that. Okay, so I guess that's the, the true. You got the true ending, and I got the good one. Okay, maybe that's maybe that was my prize for getting all red. All right. What about you, Greg? What ending you get? So I got the ending where he's back at the bar and he decides that he doesn't. He's cool with not being in a relationship, and <laughs> he decides to. <laughs> He decides to uh, ask for a loan from uh, from Boss, and he was going to use this to go into space. Um, he asked for fifty thousand dollars, and he actually is like, "Well, I Did just, you just say space." Yes. <laughs> and so he's like, "Well, let me." Uh, so deal's a deal, right? So he's like, "Can I get fifty thousand dollars?" And he's like, "No, I can't do that. I can give you five hundred. And he's like, "Okay, well, I'm going to use that to uh, bet on a wrestling match." And uh, he's like, this yeah. seems amazing. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, and I'm going to go all in. So he's like, you're just going to spend all the money right now? He's like, yeah. And then I'm going to win it and then come back here and buy some more drinks. And then uh, that's how it ends. <laughs> okay. So, so okay, here. <laughs> that sounds better than even yeah. Chapter 8. Oh, okay, my. so here are the different endings. <laughs> so there's three Catherine endings, or uh, old Catherine endings. So the good one is Vincent convincing basically with Dante. This is the one that Dante had. So Vincent basically convinces Catherine that it was all an illusion and he didn't actually cheat with new Catherine. And then his boys show up to kind of back up what he says. And then they get back together and get married. Um, Well, did you see the part with... No, no, that's not what Dante had. They just get back together. The yeah, mine was alluding to them getting married. Very okay. Soon. Well, this one just says they get back together. The bad Catherine one. Oh well, never mind. Go ahead. The bad Catherine one. Uh, old Catherine doesn't believe Vincent that it's illusion, and she leaves him. And then the true Catherine ending is the same as the good one, but there's a bonus marriage scene, and in this scene, it's implied that Erica is actually a male. And Orlando gets back with his wife. So, did you have that part, Dante? Okay, then no. you just had the good ending. Okay, so then the true ending, you get to actually see the marriage. And so that screenshot gotcha. that Trevor shared of us, shared us with Erica and with uh, with Toby. Toby was a screenshot from the true Catherine ending, new Catherine and old Catherine ending. Sorry. Okay, so then the three new Catherine endings, the one I got was Vincent acts confident gets Catherine to marry him and they live together in the demon world. The bad one is Vincent asks new Catherine to marry him and she refuses and then the true ending, the one Trevor got, is same as the good but with the bonus scene where Vincent is the new king of the demon world. So that's the one Trevor got. And then there are two freedom endings which are like the neutral uh, ones. Uh, so the normal one is Vincent gives up on both women, takes a loan out from the boss, and he bets it all on the wrestling match and wins. And then... Secret the best. True, no, the true ending is the one Greg got, which is the same as normal, but with a bonus scene where Vincent takes his winning and moves to the moon. <laughs> which, that... my Like, yeah, when I read these, I was like... I, I was not happy with my... The reason I wasn't happy with the, the ending is because... I felt like my character's preference or like what I was saying was mostly go to old Catherine, 
but I ended up with the new captain, and I was like, what the heck is going, like, how did this happen? Like, I don't know, I didn't necessarily feel like I had that much control in that, because I was definitely, I felt like a lot of the speech and stuff I was doing was towards uh, old Catherine, but it didn't end up that way. But after reading these, I think really the only real endings are the ones where Erica is actually a male, and the one that Greg got. Those are my two favorites. <laughs> Yeah, I think when I was watching the it. one where um, Vincent like moves to space, that ending where he just like kind of turns around and looks at the camera like, "Yeah, I did that." <laughs> you might be asking, "How did I get in this situation?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your right. title card. See, so, do you guys have anything else that we need to? This was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. I thought this would be a shorter episode. Any any other Catherine? So, Marcus, what anime do you plan on watching next? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> something with. Did you put any anime on the next list? Actually, I have two lists, and one of them is all anime. But I made that list before I finished this game, so. And now you made a third list with even. No, more. no, no. I have I have two lists, and one of them is all anime, and I'm really like. I don't know. There's there's stuff from both lists that I want to play, so I could combine them, but I don't know if I want to. I kind of wish we had time to actually do the Persona game because I think you would like it, to be honest, bro. Uh, we could just say we did, and just we could just play Mass Effect. <sighs> I'm, I'm telling you, I think you would really like Persona Five, specifically Five of the the three. Four and five okay. are both really good. Like yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm Cut very, very, very intrigued. But I also don't have, like, I have. Don't even say you don't have time. I, I know what your FTL game count hey, is like. Hey man, I've been playing Cook Serve Delicious, <laughs> and I hate that game, but I'm gonna finish it. What if I told you there's a man that pretty much exclusively speaks about curry all the time in Persona Five? I- in very intricate ways. Okay. Okay. There's some good. There's some good food stuff there. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm very intrigued by that game after playing this. So, I think I might have to check out some more anime games. I don't know about watching anime, but I would probably check out some more like anime games. Maybe. I got one for you. Okay. You ever, Trevor, what are you watching? Ever heard of Osiris Wrath? I've heard of it. I played it. So it's got some bonus episodes that are I played them. that are all anime. They're Street Fighter. <laughs> Trevor, so uh, what animes are you watching? Oh, what right anime now? am I watching? Um, let me see. Yeah. I'm caught up on My Hero Academia. Um, I've been. Oh, this is the question. This is the Dante end of the episode so question. Is this, is this the waypoint? <laughs> it, it can be. He asked you, but then I this is the waypoint. <laughs> um, I haven't watched too much anime like in the past couple of years. Um, Cause you're an adult. <laughs> um, <laughs> See, I thought I was, but then I started My Hero, and that stuff is yeah. really, really good. <laughs> so, um, I might start game. watching Tokyo Ghoul soon. Greg, you anime? Uh, not really. I mean, I've I've watched it in the past, but like I just kind of. Uh, I just kind of fall out of it, man. Like, I, I think the last thing, and this kind of shows you the last thing I watched, is like One Punch Man, and then I stopped around, like, episode 13, because it was just kind of like, all right, this is pretty one note at this point, so. 
I think I'm good. <laughs> you know, that might be the anime for Marcus, though. Like, just something that... I don't know. I I can't tell if he'd be, like, the comedy type of anime dude or, like, the half-serious, like, kind of like this game type of anime. I might like Yu I think... I think the stuff that I would be most intrigued by is, I think, mech stuff. I think I would like mech, yeah, I think I would like a lot of mech stuff, and I think that I would like, I like the concept of the sports stuff, so like the uh, boxing one, and one about, uh, Hajime yeah, Fighting Kubo. Spirit, I, I didn't know the Japanese name, and then, um, just... Things that aren't over the top. I, I want the not necessarily realistic, but not like super like this dude's powering up and he can fly and like not the Little yeah bananas. not that and I, I'm not trying to disparage Dragon Ball Z because I tried to watch it and it's fine. It's like excuse me, hold up. <clears throat> it's fine, you know. <laughs> I tried to do it in my best Trevor, but I couldn't. But like, right? <laughs> can you do it for me, Trevor? <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it just wasn't for me. So, like, I would say I, I do. I did like. I have watched some anime. I like Afro Samurai. I like that. The Street Fighter anime is silly, but I just like it because it's characters I know. Oh, so you know what game we need to play next then? Heck no. <laughs> I... If you even try. <laughs> if you pick that game, Trevor, I won't be mad. It'll be funny though. <laughs> All right. Well, are we we good? Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, let's check the email. Oh, yeah, yeah. Check check the emails. We got any emails, Greg? I'm gonna say that's a negative. But uh, but if you guys want to get involved with the show or. It was feedback or anything. Yeah, always. If you can... want to recommend anime to Marcus, yeah, there we go. Free. So you guys can drop all your uh, all your anime recommendations in there. You know what I'm saying? I'll make sure he gets them. Um, I actually, you... just post it to his Facebook wall. That's even better. Let's I actually do don't care if you post anime to my Facebook page. Don't bother me. Um, but yeah, you guys can uh, hit us up at mischeckpoints at gmail dot com, and yeah. And where can people find you? I uh, find me everywhere. Um, on Twitter at Boombox Hero, Facebook is the same Boombox Hero, and on Twitch at Twitch.tv/xdrdmagnegroX. And uh, what about you? Where can people find you, at, Dante? People can find me streaming at Twitch.tv/AwakenCloud. I've been pretty regular as of late. So, I guess I'll be streaming our next game, Butcher Bay, most likely, and Spider-Man when that comes out. So, yeah, just... And what about you, Trevor? Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitch at Lyric Unsung. Um, I'll most likely be streaming the new episode, or the first episode of The Walking Dead Final Season, Episode 1. Uh, might do that this weekend. That's the third one, right? Um, no, this is the fourth. fourth. Season one, season uh, two, New Frontier. Kind of. Yeah, Michonne was fourth. like a spinoff. 
But this is like the fourth season in the Clementine story. Okay. Okay. And you can find me probably playing Cook Serve Delicious on on <laughs> Steam. I'm trying to Cook Serve Delicious too. I already beat the first one. Second one sucks, but in comparison, but I I have to finish it. I started it, so I have to finish it. So I'm trying to finish that game. I'll probably finish it at 100 hours, so I got like 75 more to go. 100 hours in like human yeah, time? Yeah, 100, 100 hours in Steam time. What? Yeah, dude. You started like two weeks ago. I know, I got 25 hours in right now. Okay, so you still have 75 yeah, to go. Probably. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm wow. predicting it will take me to... To. Is that how long the, the first, first one, one took? The first one took 25 hours. I've already... I, I completed the first one and did everything that I could do in 25... Or, you know, got all the, the highest-ranked restaurant in 25 hours. But Cook, Serve, Delicious 2 takes about... That's what I'm hours, thinking it's going to take me, yeah. And it's not even better. And that's the most frustrating part. Ah, okay, that's disappointing. Um, well... I guess, do we have anything else that we need to say about Catherine? Anybody? Nobody? Long live anime. Long live anime. I'm not going to lie. If we were to... This game is one of my favorite games we played. I think it would... We we, we made our own personal list before we played this game. Or I guess when we were halfway through Ninja Gaiden. And I think this would be in my top five. Which is surprising. I would not have thought that going into this. Um, it's higher up than I expected it to be for me. That's good. And yeah, Greg, do you, are you happy you got to see the game through? Or you still feel the same way? You're like, I didn't need to have played it? Mm, I mean, it's nice to finally have closure in that I've, I've finished the game. But yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know. Like, I, I liked it, but I was definitely uh, starting to get fatigued towards the end. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, and Trevor, this was that that scream, though, right? Yeah this this game had <laughs> those scenes, those angles. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, wait. So we know Catherine Full Body is coming out. What do you guys feel about the prospect of a third Catherine love interest? Tight. I don't know how they'd spell her name. Would they just call it Kathy for short? I, Caitlin, Catherine, Catherine, and Caitlin. <laughs> well, see, you could do it with a a Y instead. Of no, no, no. Red. This Catherine could be black. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Apparently, the new Catherine is just called Rin. I don't know how I feel about All that. Right. Okay, maybe it's a. Uh... I don't know. I, I is it like a completely new game, or is just a remaster with some more content? Right. See, just quickly off the Wikipedia page, this third girl named Ren, who is the pianist at the Stray Sheep. Um, Ren's involvement in the story will cause a split between Catherine and Catherine. There will be new sexy oh, events, yeah. episodes, and animated cutscenes to further develop the characters of Catherine, Catherine and Ren. Let's see, there will be new endings and additional endings for the old, you know, last year's model. 
Um, a wide level of difficulty options is also available alongside other adjustments, new gimmicks and modes, and there's also an original mode enabling the option to play the unaltered stages from the first. So yeah, seems like they're doing a lot of stuff to the new full body edition. I'm not sad that we played what we played, so yeah. Well, uh, I guess if that's going to be it. Um, this game is pretty cool. We all love anime. And we are Miss Checkpoints and we're out. Long live anime. Anime's for jerks. Peace.